everybody. Welcome to RPG Cast episode 200! 200 episodes of all thanks to you listeners. Thank you for sticking with us this far. I've got a bunch of special people on this week. Um, you might know them. First off, Emmanuel Marino. Hello, hello, hello. Not much to say, that man, but much upstairs. Uh, let's see. Joe, uh, but wait, no, what's your name? John Gerworth. <laughs> I'm special. <laughs> yes, you are. You're on this show. That makes you very special. <laughs> also, Roy Burnett. Playing Skyrim and loving it. Awesome. And Anna Marie Neufeld. Hello. I don't have anything witty to say. That's okay. Neither do I. Um, and I'm Chris Privetier, your host. This is RP Gamers RPG Cast, where we give you all the best RPG news week to week. Also, guest starring right now, my cat Simon who you can see if you're on the live stream, which you can tune in every week, 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, at rpgamer.com slash live. And you can see my cat hog my attention when I should be doing the show. Oh, also guest starring this week is, um, what's his name? Algalon, Arabest, whatever his name, the World Eater from the Elder Scrolls V Collector's Edition. He's starring on the live stream as well. You can see him right there. For those of you who are uh, listening... You bought, oh, you oh, and for those of you that haven't checked out YouTube yet, Chris has put up a video of the unboxing. Please feel free to leave comments about how he's a loser and needs to get a girlfriend. Yes. YouTube.com slash users slash Simon1001 even though my girlfriend's in the video. And if you haven't figured that out, there's a big-ass hint for you. So... <laughs> 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 All right. Uh... Let's get so on. was it worth getting the collector's edition for the big dragon? Um, it's a big dragon. It certainly is a big dragon. It I was, pretty is it the podcast. art book the best thing in that thing? Yes, it is. The art book is by far the best thing in that thing. And actually, while we do this, let me get that art book. Okay. So here's the art book for those of you on the stream. Big cover and stuff. So I'm going to show that while we talk because the audio listeners can't see any of this and they don't want me wasting time on it. So first off, we have feedback. Lots of feedback from last week. Thank you, everybody, for writing in. We love when you write in. I'll give to, At the end of this section, I'll tell you how you can write in and give us your comments. We are not sponsored by anybody in our feedback section, uh, such as nerdstutoringnerds at uh, gmail.com or anything like that. But uh, we are... We, because we don't need it, because our our users know how to write letters that don't have spelling errors. So, and that is such a stupid DGR radio joke that no one's going to get. But it's episode 200, and I'm going to go crazy today. I'm going to throw in every reference and stuff that you can get, because I was too lazy to come up with a special opera section or anything like that. Like I did and you know what we have to do for episode 200? What do we have to we do? We need to talk about WoW for half an hour. Mm, because that really <laughs> sums up half of our <laughs> podcast, you know? <laughs> I'm sure half of our, our previous hours was spent talking about WoW. So, yeah, I like that. I like that. So, we first of all, you know what we should really do, Chris. Oh, yeah? We, Talk about Minecraft? For a, special, well, for a special two episode 200 thing, we should all try and sing the chant from Skyrim. <laughs> There's a chant? No, not going to happen. <laughs> from the main theme. <laughs> Deo gracias. I don't, I don't know. Let's see. Skyrim chant lyrics. Let's Let's see if I can find this. <laughs> first first hit is what are the words to the song in the Skyrim trailer on the IGN boards <laughs> and people come up with um, I think you're confusing the song with the narrator <laughs> 
<laughs> it's just a harmonic chant. So, oh, I took time to translate it. Wow. Wow, this is weird. So it's the first half of the poem is the lyrics to the trailer in dragon tongue. Dovalkin, Dovalkin, na ok zin los vardin, wa dein vokul maferak astva. Ooh, these are cool lyrics. Arkfin norak telgran, fod nust hon zindro zan, Dovalkin fa hin kogan mudral. Arkfin kelo. I wish. I don't know the, the, the beat or meter or anything to the to the actual chant. Arkfin fell kelost proda dodved viling oh excuse me ving kofin kra tofod zema winkain maze fundine alduin fein dojun kruzik vokun stad now voth a balok God didn't I read half of this in the Necronomicon? Yeah, I think so. Which is translated as Dragonborn Dragon. Klatu Vara Niktu. Klatu Barada Nikto. Oh, don't you screw the that up. Don't screw that up. <laughs> you don't want to screw that up or else the, 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 the robot in the world. Klaatu Vara Magica? No, that's uh, well yeah, they were referencing the world the day the earth stood still. I got it. Klaatu Vara Good enough, let's go. Ooh. So Alduin. They gave me the dragon's name, too. So, Alduin, there we go. Perfect. All right. That's... Oh, we have feedback, don't we? So, Shaman wrote in, and he satisfied my request for a... Um, was a haiku about Nino Kuni that tells people why they should buy it. So, his, his uh, haiku is as follows. Studio Ghibli did art for level five game. You go buy it now. And he bows. That was, that was pretty deep. That was pretty deep, yeah. But Chris, can you do another impression of Bahamut waiting in, online, in line at Starbucks? Did I do it? I don't know. So is Bahamut impatient? I, I don't know what this is referencing. Hmm. Do you guys know? Nope. Bahamut waiting in line at Starbucks. Did so, you ever do an impression of Bahamut waiting in line at Starbucks? I don't, I don't remember ever doing a, an impression of Bahamut waiting in line at uh, Starbucks, but... Starbucks. <laughs> there we go. You go Chris goes to the fancy move, Chris. So you let's go see. North, well, never let's go see. I mean, if I'm Bahamut, what am I ordering? Let's, let's figure this out. What does Bahamut order at Starbucks? Is Bahamut just some know. guy like a, in a punk rock band or something? <clears throat> what are we talking about? <laughs> uh, all I want is my decaf soy latte with no foam. This so basically everyone is driving me crazy. Um, let's see. So oh. just some homeless guy who happens to have a nice taste. And a scone. Where's my scone? You didn't order a scone, sir. Ah, flare! And then everything explodes, right? Is that how that goes? I don't know. Something like that, yeah. That's what I assume. I, you got me. From your Vanadeel episode, a rat's tail scone. Oh, he, oh, oh, that's clever, Just Doug. Oh, he's. Do you see what he did there? That's Final Fantasy One reference. Do you get that? Rat's tail. Yeah, I got that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then, then you, then you go. Then you can become a real man or knight or white mage. Yeah. Okay. Ah, oh, we've got more feedback. Let's move on. 
Azillus wrote in and said, Chris, after listening to your opinion of War in the North, I'm going to repeat my assertion from four months ago that you really should try out Dungeon Siege 3. Well-designed, fun-to-play character classes, lots of loot, and a decent story. And shockingly enough for an Obsidian game, it's polished. Except for that last point, I would beg to disagree with everything he just listed. I I tried the demo for Dungeon Siege 3, and I didn't like it. I've tried demos for War in the North, and I kind of wanted to keep playing, and... It was when I dug into War in the North, I found all the Lord of the Rings lore stuff, which was one of the big appeals to me. Because that game's combat system on its own, it's not enough. And Dungeon Siege 3 didn't seem to have a story I cared about. What do you, what, I mean, that's what you think too, right? That its story is bad, Rose? Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's just fantasy tripe. And, and you know, we may like the eagle voice actor in War in the North best out of all the voice actors, but um, I hate every voice actor in Dungeon Siege 3. And I can't say that for War in the North. Um, it's just bad voice acting. I don't know. It's polished. I love that. It's polished. Did you hear? Did you listen to uh, what's it called? Weekend confirmed. Garnet Lee was loving that game. Which one? Dungeons War in the North. Oh, War in the North. Yeah, I, I listened to some of that, but it didn't sound like he'd actually played it. Yeah, I was wondering the entire time. I was like, how much have you actually played this game, man? Because no, nobody mentioned the bugs either, and it was like, hmm. Yeah, and he kept talking about, like, people say it's the same thing over and over and over again. People, and he's like, well, I, I, guess he has an, he's, I guess he's fought, like, two trolls at this point. Yeah, he he's probably not very far. So, I, yeah, I, I, I kind of listened to that some, and I got the impression they didn't actually know what they were talking about and kind of tuned out that segment for the most part. Right. I mean, it's a situation that... He probably played up to chapter three and then moved on to something else because um, yeah because that's what know, he does. Actually. When you guys were playing the early game, you guys were like, "This is awesome," and it feels like Lord of the Rings, and there's nothing wrong with this game so far. And it wasn't until you sunk, you know, more than three hours into it that you started running into some of the errors that you guys had run into. And I mean, bear in mind that I'm not knocking Weekend Confirmed or anything. Like, the fact that we review games at completion is the exception and certainly not Uh, the rule. uh, He He wasn't just casual conversation. Yeah, this isn't a review. That's just them talking about it. But Val, you're saying that there are some people out there who are throwing it some love love your way, Chris. Mm -hmm. But yeah, you're right. I still got the impression that it wasn't. I, I guess I couldn't agree. It's it's funny. Like I should be happy that someone else is praising some part of the game, but it's like his comments didn't seem well founded, so I couldn't really accept it. If that made any sense. Mm. Whatever. Uh, <clears throat> oh, and Manny didn't do a good job of defending New Vegas. So he's calling you out, Manny. It's not all about first the guns. Of, it's about first the of quest. all. Boy, uh, let me just say this right now. Let's just right now. It was just. It was a throwaway comment that everyone read way too much into. Oh, it's it? like you were talking about like the modifications and the gun system. Like, oh, so this DLC isn't crappy? Like, I'm like, come on, man! It's all about the guns. It was that. That's all it was. Oh, okay. That's all the statement was. You were talking about a thing about a DLC with gun mods. I'm like, oh, come on, man! It's all about the guns. All right. Well, I'll just say then that he plugs that New Vegas has really good quests and side quests. Of and course it really, does. Really it's written that. by much Obsidian better than Fallout Three, at, apparently. Obsidian sells a quest design and storytelling. All right, cool. All right, we'll move on. But you know when people just like, ah, oh, come on, man, it's good, it's fine, it's all about. Just throw <laughs> a comment. All right, sounds good. Let's see. What's he? Yeah, for taking things out of context. <laughs> <laughs> 
listener named Robert writes in to the, says says some very kind things, and I'll cut it down a little bit because it's a very long letter, but I really appreciate it. Thank you, Robert. Um, talking about him and his son, his new son Adam, and they listen to the RPG cast together. He says, oh, the I'm reason, sorry. <laughs> the, reason <Yay>. I, <laughs> the reason I'm emailing in is for two reasons. First of all, to say thank you for the hours of listening you have provided me as my son sleeps and I grab a few valuable hours playing time, uh, playing games. Secondly, with a few questions. <clears throat> Why are you also down on White Knight Chronicles? I recently picked up White Knight Chronicles 2, not having never played the first one. I started part one as it was included on the disc and maybe put six to seven hours in the campaign and a few hours online. It seems okay to me, but n- it's not brilliant, but it's a fun little diversion every now and again. <sighs> I don't even know where to start. Okay, well, I'll turn the diplomatic route. Okay. It could it be that it was just an okay game that was being positioned as the premier JRPG on the PlayStation 3 at the time? The game is the definition of mediocrity to me. So the fact that you're saying I'm down on it means you don't understand my position. Um, my position, the, the downness you're getting from me, is my depression over how frustratingly mediocre this game is and how far in the middle it is. It's not that it sucks, and it's also not that it's good. Especially the first one. So, I mean, that's a game that I give a two and a half or a three, which is like, two and a half is like mediocre on our scale. Like, just, there's nothing, you know, you can play it. It works as a game. You can level up, kill some monsters. That part's good. The story sucks. The voice acting sucks. But who cares? You know, you got an okay battle system. You know, it's like, eh. Hey, it had a cool opening theme. It had a cool opening theme. That's right. It did. Um, and, you know, it is what it is. Right, and I mean, I think the the problem is is that I don't think anybody here finds White Knight Chronicles too bad. I just don't think anybody finds it good either. Right, right, right. And you're only six to seven hours in. So a lot of the stuff that, you know, gets old and you realize, well, they really don't go anywhere with these systems, you haven't hit yet. So just keep playing and enjoy the game. Don't worry about what I'm saying. Just play through it and make your own decision up and let us know after you get through one and two whether you still feel so hot on it. I will say it has a lot to do with expectations. Because for like, for example, I think War of the North is a pretty right in the middle game. I know Chris doesn't agree with that, but I yeah. feel like it's just like you know, just it's fine. It's not great. It's not bad. It's just it's right there in the middle. Mm-hmm. But I liked it a lot more than I would have because I have absolutely no expectations for it. I wasn't expecting anything from this game. So when I, when I started playing, I'm like oh, all right, that's well thought out. I'm like oh, that's nice. Okay. I wasn't expecting much from it, so as a result, I I liked it maybe more than more than I would have otherwise. But with White Knight Chronicles, it was at every TGS, it was this is the PS3 exclusive game from Sony. This is the game. This does everything. It has a great online mode. It has a great single player story. Well, of course, if you have a PS3, why aren't you playing this? It's a level five game. How can level five do a bad game, right? Exactly, and these kind of high expectations. Right, and I mean, when you tout a game as does your dishes and gives you a hand job, there's a certain expectation of, you know, a hand job. Full release. Got it. <laughs> Thank you, Mandy. <laughs> That's the nice way of saying it. I just got a grain of rice stuck in my laptop's hinge. So if my laptop catches on fire, that's why. All right. Can you flip it around and just like shake it out? Um, I can, except all the cables for the microphone and the audio routing and the power are all attached to it, and it would be hard to do right now. Hmm. All the right. Cat so will come along and eat it. <laughs> episode two. Yeah, their claws would actually be able to get it. Um, yeah, I should. 
go t- steal one of their claws. All right. So, question two: With Dragon Age Two being rather terrible compared to Origins, so you know, so so here he goes dogging. You know, tell me how White Knight Chronicles is great, and then he's like, "Oh, Dragon Age Two is terrible." It's like, what what are you talking about? <laughs> I, all right. Being rather terrible compared to Origins, do you think Bioware may rethink their whole get a new Dragon Age game out quick routine and actually deliver a solid experience rather than the game they tossed at us early this year and expected us to be grateful? Is that really the attitude they took? I was very hyped for Dragon Age 2. I played Dragon Age Origins to death and couldn't wait and have yet to even finish Dragon Age 2 because it's so tedious. I'm going to toss this one to Roy. He's our Dragon Age expert. Expert. Who isn't here, Roy? <laughs> Roy, <laughs> we need you. Oh, what about Dragon Age Two uh, Ultimate Edition? Like they have the Dragon Age Origins Ultimate Edition with all the DLC and the expansion and every little pack. Do you think that would add? That would make the game more playable and very up things. Isn't there like only one or two pieces of DLC for Dragon Age Two? Did they stop already? I mean, I thought Quite there was possibly. only the the Felicia Day one that just came out and one earlier one. That's all I remember, at least. But what about, like, uh, uh, weapon packs and just extra extra stuff, like uh, extra missions? Well, the thing people wanted was extra dungeons and extra environments, right? Well, I was hoping that, like, this is what I'm talking about. Like, uh, there were some mission, there were some DLC packs in Origins, like the Return to Ostagar, that changed things up slightly. I was just wondering if there's there's enough of that kind of DLC that if you get the Ultimate Edition... Someone will mod it and make it better. Okay, so there's four. There is? Okay. The Exiled Prince, the Black Emporium, Legacy, and Mark of the Assassin. There's also the add-on for Sabatian. Okay, whatever. You're right, there is much less DLC for this than the Origins was. They went all out with Origins. Origins had a lot of DLC. Um, a full-blown and, expansion, no less. Yeah, they had, yeah. Was it a full expansion or a mini-expansion? Uh, you had an, like a new, yeah, new enemy in a new area. Okay. It was so. small, but it was still bigger than any of the DLC packs they've done. Yeah, absolutely. Hmm. Well, all right. And let's see. Oh, once again, you've guaranteed yourselves two loyal listeners to RPG Cast. My son, Adam, and I will be listening. Uh, that's Not listening. anymore after you insulted the poor guy. I, when did I? Oh, right. Oh. <laughs> um, I mean, you're an awesome listener. Say you're sorry, Chris. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just didn't understand. Like White Knight, like Dragon Age Two isn't that bad. If you're saying White Knight Chronicles is good, is all I'm saying. <laughs> I'm back. Expectations once again. Apparently, right? Do hmm. you think Dragon Age Two is going to make Bioware? Do you think a it's a terrible game compared to Origin? Not really. Okay. Do you think Bioware would rethink their whole get a new Dragon Age game out quick strategy for the next game? I think fan response is going to make them take a little bit more time with it. But also, um, if we look at Bioware's release schedule, they've been pretty much cranking out games pretty much once every one every two years for every other year for each of their series. They. They might spend a little bit more time with it, but one thing I've definitely noted in a Dragon Age 2 is the, the quality of the DLC for it is vastly improved over what we had for Origins. But there's not much of it. No, but they have, but it is vastly right, better. Right, but if you it. have the choice between quality and quantity, what are you going to pick? I want more packs that just add a weapon and a, and a new okay. storage keep. 
Well, um, oh, actually, that storage they, 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 keep was terrible. <laughs> Remember the NPC you walked up to? It was like, hey, they, they've released have... like six equipment packs already. Yeah, for, it, was, it was so two? funny. Like, hey, I have a tower two, over yeah. here, oh, okay. and you, there's this great quest, and you can get stuff. Give me five dollars, and you can go. Do we have a game of the year or ultimate collection for Dragon Age Two announced yet, Roy? Uh, not that I'm aware. Of. Not that, okay. Although I'm not even sure if they're done with the DLC yet, though. So. They they haven't they haven't announced that they're done with it yet. So, uh, on on the Dragon Age on the Bioware topic, so it seems like they're announcing a new game at the end of the year too. Yeah, one more for the series that's coming after Mass Effect. So I guess that kind of dispels our thoughts that maybe they're considering doing a fourth Mass Effect game. They probably at will. Just start well, at least for now. Yeah, yeah, they're probably gonna take a break on that. I'm also wondering, you guys know all about the. The Mass Effect 3 beta leak, right? Yeah, that's in the news story later. Oh, okay. So I guess, well, I'm just going to, I'll bring it up really quickly. The, like about those three, I don't want to discuss it in too much length since we'll save it for the news, but you know, they, they had those three modes now, like RPG mode, action mode, and story mode. All right, well, that's pretty much discussing the whole thing. So the All thing right. leaked out to the Microsoft, I forget the details, but some sort of Xbox Live dashboard beta, if you were in that beta, then somebody released the uh, a beta build of Mass Effect 3 to some sort of group of people who should have access to it, but also these people in the dashboard beta who shouldn't have had access to it also got included, and they downloaded it and got on it and started posting spoilers on NeoGAF, and Microsoft sent a cease and desist notice to NeoGAF to take down the story spoilers, which is freaking ridiculous, but that's a whole other um. issue. NeoGAF can't control what's posted on their site. They have, like, big disclaimers that it's like, we're just hosting. Yep, except uh, Microsoft doesn't care, and you'd have to prove that in court that you have safe harbor and all that. So instead of doing that, they just caved and took it down, and everyone Ooh. thinks Microsoft was kind of a jerk about that. Like, seriously, you guys screwed up, and now you're blaming NeoGAF for it? No thanks. But anyway... <laughs> Yeah, that's that's kind of... Um... Well, you know why they did it. Microsoft did it because it's a, a, an act of good faith towards their a publisher that they screwed things up for, right? EA, they caused issues for EA here, and so they're now they're like, well, let's clean up the mess as best we can so EA won't be that mad at us. But still, okay. Anyway, Wait, is big... this not for? This isn't the first time that that something messed up like that. Like, didn't people? What was it that everybody got an email saying that they were included in something? I don't know. I don't remember. But, but it was they they sent it to the list of everybody that wasn't included. The old Republic beta. Yeah, isn't that is that the same people? No. Okay, never mind. That would be EA directly. Okay. That was an issue with the Bioware forums. Yeah. So this is uh, th- so for this Manny, like you said, they posted story details and they found out this these three modes. Can you describe the three modes for us? Do you know the difference? Yeah, well, the reason I was bringing that up because I was wondering how much of this would be rolled back into their other titles, like a Dragon Age, like a, the next Dragon Age well, game. Well, tell, so there's three. Tell, mo- yeah, tell people. Yeah, what so they there's are. three modes. So interesting enough, like they want Mass Effect Three to be more to be more. Well, they just want to sell more copies, so they're trying to appeal to a lot more audiences than they, they did before. So there's three modes that when you start the game, um, there's an RPG mode, which is basically normal Mass Effect that we've all been playing for like the last several years. There's an action mode where it focuses on the shooting and all the dialogue sequences, all the dialogue sequences, all the cutscenes are sort of auto-selected for you. So you're just watching like, like sort of like bad, badly staged dialogue. 
automatically and all the choices are done for you automatically all the character customization is done automatically and you're just basically playing like call of duty in space shooter. yeah call of duty in space basically i imagine uh, it probably just picks the good character options by default i still can't yeah, believe they you. expect the shooting in this game to stand up to battlefield 3 or call of duty like seriously, <laughs> and yeah, well, it's inter- interesting. And there's a story mode that just that goes in the opposite direction. It makes the combat super, super easy and almost trivial, and focuses just on the character interactions and the dialogue choices. <laughs> That's, That's pretty much we, how I play every Bioware. Game. We call that the Max Storm mode. I'd play that. <laughs> no, no, I, actually, uh, I would too. The combat that's much... isn't that hard in Mass Effect. But it makes it sound like the combat to the point where like, they might even skip like big battles or harder boss fights and just show it to you instead. I don't think it will be as fun without the breakup of combat to the story. And the combat really isn't that hard. I don't, I don't understand that mode at all. Uh, j- just about every Bioware game I do, I cheat to the point where I could pretty much just get through the combat and enjoy the story. It's pretty much how I play every Bioware game. <laughs> I really so that is stuff. really interesting. I, I would be really interested to see if they try because they try to streamline. They try to already make Dragon Age two more like Mass Effect. So uh-huh. I wonder if the next step for Dragon Age three is an action mode that turns into God of War or a story <laughs> mode that just makes it like a big uh, adventure game, like King's Quest or something. <laughs> well, well, there you go. There's our ultimate RPG right there. Bioware level story from what looks like going to be the combat system from Kings of Amalur would make one hell of an awesome RPG. Yep. But, but you could choose one or the other. Well, I like what I don't understand is how people Why can't are talking we have about both? the positive, like the really good story of a Bioware game, but then they say that the, the action based game where it chooses all the dialogue sequences for you is going to have a terrible story. Like, how, how do you have both? How do both of those exist? Well, maybe the story isn't that great, but we make it great because we're personally involved in it. Our choices just elevate the story that much, is what you're saying. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, that's fine. I, I can understand that. The immersiveness of you making choices and choosing the fate of sometimes entire species. I don't know. I think Ship would be pretty boring if he was always Paragon, but then just by default, hi, I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite blah, 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 and the blah, blah, blah. How does that work? Do you get to choose whether or not it's going to be Evil Shepherd or Good Shepherd, and then it goes on autopilot? You know, that'd be a good, a cool thing to choose to see whether or not you like. I want to do an evil playthrough, a neutral playthrough, or a good playthrough. But oh, wouldn't you don't want to be just neutral. some kind of like a really boring guy? Just sort of like I, I'm, I'm a Captain Boy, I'm Captain Boy Scout. I go around the galaxy doing good deeds. You know, just really well, draw, that's as what opposed my to like shepherd a, does. <laughs> yeah, well, but I, he does it because you want to do that. It's like oh, okay. instead of it's like a personal story. It's like, oh yeah, and that guy came up to me, and I was gonna throw him out the window, but then I decided, you know what? No, oh, I'm right. better than that. All I'm right. gonna let you go. You're absolutely right. I, you, you're smart. Yeah, you're right. Hmm. You're surrounded by smart people, I Chris. Am. I am. So that's interesting. Who knows what the next Dragon Age will be? <laughs> Honestly, anything's up in well, here at this point. Well, actually, for Dragon Age Two, when it comes, no matter I've I've done evil playthrough and a good playthrough, but now every time, any time I ever play through it again, I always choose the smart ass option. So I'm going it's to just I, a, oh. So if, there, if there's an option to say like always pick the smart ass option, that works. I'm going to make a prediction right here, guys. No more Dragon Age games. They're done. That's, I don't know. They love Felicia Day and what they're doing with her. No, they're done. I wouldn't be surprised if Dragon Age 3 was just the Felicia Day game. Yeah. No, they yeah. won't do that. That's yeah, done. 
They 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 gave it a try. They'll do something new. Focus on that instead. Dragon Age Redemption has been thus far horrible. Redemption? Dragon Age Redemption? The web series. Oh. With Felicia Day. Yeah, okay. The DLC with Felicia Day was great. The the web series that she's doing on her own with using the Dragon Age license is bad, but with Bioware's budget. Does that feel like like the guild when they're pretending to be in the game? It it looks like a really low budget version of the Game of Thrones HBO show. Ooh, we got more news on that later in our news section too. So we should move on and get to that. But first, we have another letter from Oscar. Uh, we didn't get the last question on that last yes. one. Yeah, we talked about Skyrim. Oh, no, we did. Was Skyrim here no, or we almost didn't. here? What were your thoughts on Oblivion looking back? Was the game that good, and how would you rate the DLC now? It, let's ignore the horse armor, he says. No, we're not going to ignore the horse armor, oh. because it forms the basis of so many jokes about terrible DLC. Everyone rates the Dark Brotherhood as the best part of Oblivion, but what was the best part for all of you? So oh, for- the Dark Brotherhood was not the best part of Oblivion. <laughs> I what? didn't like Oblivion. I didn't think there was a best part to it. I didn't finish any part of Oblivion. I got through partway. I got probably through halfway through Shivering Isles, and I need to finish it up still. But Skyrim's out now, so I don't. I can't really answer this well. But Is that I, the one with the crazy people? yeah, I enjoyed the crazy okay. people in, in Shivering Isles, but I still think yeah. it could go better. But anyway, yeah, I think the Shivering Isles probably was the best part, at least in my mind. Yeah, I agree. Right there, Shivering Isles. Okay. I just threw. I, Took a lot of the. Conv- I think it was so good because it was such a, such a left turn from everything that was in the in in the main Oblivion game, and because you spent so many hours of Oblivion to go to a place that was just right to the point and crazy, it was kind of refreshing. I really liked the potential of the speech system, but ultimately it turned into a very repetitive mini game, which kind of made me sad. Um... The Dark Brotherhood was good though. It was good. It just uh, it was bizarre. No, it it was. <laughs> Just the people you were involved with, the whole quest line. It was very, it was like the most unique quest line in the main game. But I don't think Shiver Niles beats it. Okay. What about DLC? DLC for Oblivion. So that includes, um, hold on, I've got the Knights of the Nile. The Shivering Isles. Shivering Isles. Uh, the Shivering that Isles. That is not the DLC, of the that is an expansion. You know, that's what I was talking about, like the, just anything no, you no, download no, no, that on, right? No, no, the, the, no. Shivering Isles is yeah, an expansion. Next- DLC is DLC. So we've got things like the Wizard's Tower, the Vile Lair, the Thieves' Den, Mayroon's Ra- Razor, Horse Armor, the Orrery, Spell Tomes, the Knights of the Nine, and one other that I forget. Well, let me put it this way. There's only one they include in the collection, in the Game of the Year edition, and that's the Knights of the Nine. Well, because it includes all that. It includes pretty much everything else except that's uh, that I just listed that comes with Knights of the Nine. Um, the only thing in the Game of the Year edition is uh, Shivering Islands and Knights of the Nine. And then there's one other DLC that's outside of that list I listed, but whatever. So I wouldn't know about the rest, but the Dice's Nine is a pretty solid quest line. It gives you some pretty good armor. It gives you a nice piece of Templar-looking armor if you want to do the heavy armor thing. Oh, it's uh, it's also light armor too. It just depends on what your current stat is, which current stat of yours is higher. I like the horse armor because it started the trend of DLC existing. And that's why I bought it when it first came out, because I wanted to support the idea of DLC. Um, obviously, it's overpriced for what it is, and silly. Um, but my horse looks cooler with it on. You know, I like Dragon... I mean, a horse armor. Why? Because horse armor is now synonymous with bad DLC design. Okay. No, that's fair. So, 
Oh, but it got me a free horse, too. Like, when I buy that horse armor, I walk up to the lady and, like, yo, lady, give me my horse armor. And she's like, you don't even have a horse. And I'm like, give me a horse. And she's like, fine. But I like it. If you listen to Bethesda even now, they go, like, oh, we're not doing horse armor. We learned that lesson. (laughs) I know. Everything's going to be substantial. And that's why we got some great DLC packs in Fallout 3 instead of a... Of a vault suit pack. You know, I I never thought that horse armor was the crime against DLC that people made it out to be. The real crime against DLC is people who include it on the disc and, you know, kind of change their development cycles such that you know we could we couldn't have gotten away with uh, with charging for this extra development before it would have been a free add-on we just released to support the game going forward. But this time we'll charge people for it. I think that's the real crime for DLC. Uh, it wasn't horse armor on the disc. No, you had to download it. Huh. It's got a folder on my hard drive. <laughs> okay. No, a, more a bigger crime against DLC would be something like what they did for Assassin's Creed 2, where they essentially just cut a level out of the game and say, "Hey, we're going to charge you a level game for the game." <laughs> yeah, potentially. Depending on how it came about, but that that's that's of the vein that of what I'm worried about, like you know, it, it's one thing to say this game's out, it's doing well, Let's think of something cool that we can do that users can buy that they'll enjoy. Um, but it's another thing to start planning it months in advance, like as part of some sort of marketing scheme, or to do like Namco Bandai did with uh, with Katamari on the 360, and be like, you know, these levels were free in the Japanese version, but in the U.S. they like DLC, so we're going to charge people for them in the U.S. Which is what they did. Which uh, I think that's like the height of evil for DLC. I don't know what you think. It sounds evil to me. Nobody cares about Katamari enough to get riled up about it, apparently. Oh, you roll things. Oh. <laughs> it's got good music. Shush. Especially the 360 version. Lots of anime voice singers. Anyway. All right. That's enough. Thank you, Robert, again for your leather, and I apologize for bashing on your opinion in Dragon Age 2. Uh, Ocelot writes in. He's from Scotland. He is from Scotland, which is awesome. Glasgow. Ocelot's letter. Yes, Ocelot time. Subject, Anna finally reached level two. And Chris Woo-hoo. avoided getting smacked. Which Yay. I I did that. All right, last podcast was great. And you Wait, zipped through... didn't I go downstairs and smack you on the wrist? Ah, uh, who knows? Or was that two weeks ago? I don't remember. And you zipped okay. through five more zizzle-zazzling questions. Chris even tried to make a haiku, and we learned that everyone has a unique creative process. <laughs> As in, mine is so unique that it's broken. Anna reached level two. The rest of the crew is well on their way to level three. Manny, he spelled your name wrong. Again. Oh, I, I like it. It sounds like I'm an ancient <laughs> he's, wizard. He's doing the it money. on purpose. <laughs> Manny <laughs> found a magical sword, but unfortunately it was cursed. And Scott, I mean Roy, got five extra experience for cheating and looking up answers on the internet. <laughs> oh, you got extra XP for that. That's awesome. All in all, a great showing. So here's this week's puzzlers. No, 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 no. If you guys are well on your way to level three, and I just ding too, I need to do some serious grinding this week. So you better, you better, you better, yeah. All in all, a great showing. So here's this week's puzzlers. Number one, best video game based on an anime series. Full Metal Robot Wars. It was one of the Full Metal Alchemist games. I can't remember which one it was. Uh, didn't everybody say those sucked? Well, the first one, the 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 Broken Angel Wing or whatever, was not. It it held the. It had the spirit of the anime, but lacked the mechanics. And the second one was so much better. These were the two PlayStation Two games. 
And it was really yeah, it was this. What was the second PlayStation 2 one? That was the I one don't I remember the name, but I remember like gawgawing over it because it was it, it was again, it felt like it really captured the essence of the anime and that that goofy but serious air and it had so much better mechanics. Hmm. Plus I just like the idea of being able to alchemize pretty much anything into anything else. <laughs> that was cool. Oh, there's a Curse of the Full Metal Alchemist Curse of the Crimson Elixir. Thank you. You know, I don't know, guys. The Treasure made a Bleach fighting game for the Game Boy. Um, I yes. have the Bleach fighting game for the PSP. It's no, not... they didn't make that one. I don't think this is a oh, Treasure okay. one. Um, and so that's I that's... already I already provided the correct answer. I know you did Super <laughs> Robot Wars, but we don't get that's that here. Cheap. Oh, I know. I, I thought I was going to sit this question now, but I actually thought of it. And there's you, some you good Dragon Ball with... fighting games too. Tenkaichi Budokai. I can tell you right now the best one. All right. Lay it on me. Treasures uh, Astro Boy on the Game Boy Advance. Oh, people love that game. <laughs> I need it's to, really good. I, I don't even tra- like Astro Boy, and that game was amazing. I need to get that. I really do need to get that. I, th- you, I think so you may good. have locked it up right there. Um, yeah, I'm just Seriously, I, don't even, I could care less about Astro Boy, but that game was so well done. It was a great classic treasure game. Did any Fantastic. Was the Magic Knight Rayf game on Sega Saturn any good? Anybody know? Did anybody? I play liked that? it, but I don't remember a ton about it. I think it was a rental that got sold like two weeks after I started renting it, or something. Let's see. This is something John would know. Are there any good Neon Genesis Evangelion games? <laughs> this is a trick question. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm, I'm in the R. Inuyasha, the fighting game. Yeah, there's a Inuyasha um, fighting game. Yep. There, there was the Inuyasha RPG. That I think it went through four staff members before I finally got a review. And in fact, the only reason it got a review was because Michael lost a bet while drunk. <laughs> and that, <laughs> was, that was the punishment, was that he had to review the Inuyasha game, and he gave it a one out of five. There's, there's a couple Berserk games. I wonder if they're any good. I haven't played them. Mm. I know one of those was actually going to come out here, and I was excited about that. The, the question isn't specific enough. Is it RPGs or fighters or just games? Just games. And... Just games. Oh, okay. Best video game. Well, I think RPGs, so. Okay. Hmm. If we're I think going Astro with Boy just, might be it. Yeah. If we're going for just RPGs, I'd say, uh, what was it? Uh, uh, what was that Bleach game that just came out on the, or that came out on the DS? Oh, the one that Noodle really likes. Didn't I just say, oh, the RPG one? Yeah, okay. the RPG. The one that I, I don't know need who made to get. that one. Um, let's uh, see, on the DS, the third Phantom, or... Yeah, no, the third Phantom. Well, there, or Blade of Fate. No, no third, no, third Phantom. Phantom. Third okay. Phantom. Third Phantom. If we're going for just RPGs. That's the only anime RPG no, I can think of. No, I don't think you have any... I didn't see yeah, any. Yeah, yeah, I have Blade of Fate, because that's the treasure one. Yep. And she, and, and the third Phantom is Sega. Which makes me really question the fact that you're saying it's a good game. Well, it's the only RPG anime game I can think of. All right. No, that's fine. So Anna says... We, we, we could say Valkyria Chronicles if you want to go with RPG that had an anime made after it. No, let's, uh, let's, let's, let's sum it up. It doesn't really count. Okay, if we're doing some... games with animes made after it, I think we all have to say Persona. Uh, I would say Persona. But, no, but we're not doing that. So Anna, you say, say, your, say your game again. Full Metal Alchemist. Full Metal Alchemist. Roy, what do you say? Full Metal Alchemist. Um, John says uh, Super Apple Super Wars. Wars. Manny says Astro Boy. I'm saying Astro Omega Bo- Factor. Omega Factor? Yeah. No. Really? Oh, oh, Astro Boy Omega Factor? 
Yeah. I'm going to go with that, too, because it's made by Treasure, and you can't go wrong picking a Treasure game unless it's the one on the GBA for... Yeah, really Guardian bad. Heroes. Yeah, the Guardian Heroes on Advance. Don't pick that one. All right. Funniest video game moment you've had in recent memory. We're talking laugh out loud kind of funny. Now, there's a couple of good moments in the ending of Sonic Generations. I haven't gotten there yet. Don't do that. Don't spoil that. That's why I'm not going to mention them. All right. Um, for me, there is a there was one quest in Dragon Age Two that made me bust up laughing, where you had to take one of the main characters why, wait, uh, out, John, out on. Why are date. you playing Sonic Generations now? <laughs> I wanted to check something. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, you know what? That's a good idea. Screw this podcast. I'm going to play Sonic <laughs> Generations right now. <laughs> Steam alert. Quinn is now playing Sonic Generations. <laughs> I love my job. <laughs> Yeah, the, there was a quest in Dragon Age 2 where you had to take the character Aveline out on a date and get her to help her land a man. <laughs> and that was it, it was an incredibly awkward moment type of funny. Hmm. What have I played recently? I know I laugh at games, but I can't remember any. I feel bad. I have no heart. I have to I have to lose this question because I have no heart. Anna, you have any? But I'm the one with the heartless crest. <sighs> I must have laughed at Harvest Moon Tides of Destiny the other oh, day. Oh yeah, yeah. I see. That's what I was going to say. Is I was I'm going to say the creeper priest in Tides of Destiny. Oh, he didn't laugh. He made me scared. <laughs> he made me laugh so hard. Oh. So in in Rune Factory Tides of Destiny, um, you meet the priest in the church who's taking care of two small children, and he's um, he's a little bit of a creeper. He's a little bit of a, a an implied pedo. Yeah, and, it's very uh, weird and scary. Cr- and scary. Chris did not enjoy him, and I tried to mollify him by pointing out that he was much worse in the Japanese version, but. Um, that didn't seem to soothe you. No, that does not. No. <laughs> nope. But yes, I love the priest. That definitely made me lol. Most frustrating video game moment you've experienced. We're talking throw the controller on the ground, stop on it, and file a complaint against the uh, with the Better Business Bureau against the video oh, game developer. Saga Frontier. Oh, I think it was the second one. Basically, you get to the end of the game, and you have the two final levels for each path. Because the game is split in two paths that you can play concurrently, which is what I did because I was reviewing it. And it was like one side was an impossible battle unless you'd gone completely out of your way to strengthen the most ridiculous items. And the other side was you only won if the AI made an incorrect move. It was like a chess game. And it was like... I I think I did throw the controller a few times. I was so mad. I can't say Dark Souls because I'm too prepared for it. Ramsey in the chat room does. Manny, what do you think? Lord uh, Lord of the Rings War in the North? <laughs> what? What's going on? Most frustrating video game moment you've experienced. Um, No, I think I probably had worse. Than your save file being corrupted? I just in general, my PS3 died and I had to deal with Sony. Oh, well, I'm so sorry for you. Ugh, Sony has the worst customer service. Mm, that's pretty bad. Hmm. I remember having a frustrating moment in the first God of War near the end. Just this crazy fight where you're surrounded by fake Kratos's. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. When my PS3 died and I had to replay like most of Fallout 3 and Oblivion again because I was halfway through each. So that doubled my play time by like an, like it added another 50 hours to my game time for both games. Ramsey says the two Silver Knight archers on the balcony outside Anor Londo. I lost 30,000 souls and 10 humanity at that point in Dark Souls. Ew. That's bad. And he knew what to do there. That's evil. All right. Well, I um, I can't think of my worst one overall. I know my most recent one was trying to get Rage to work on the PC. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> ironic name is ironic. There was a lot of frustration in Dead Island. Oh, yeah. Huh. I, I, I I'm so quick to forgive. I forget the frustrations I have. How about at White Knight Chronicles over not being good enough to be likable? Is that frustrating? That doesn't count? I don't know. Oh, installing all my games to my PS3 in, in anticipation of, of Extra Life. Spending two and a half evenings of just doing game installs. Yeah. That's <sighs> fun. I'm getting kind uh, of tired of being with Sony in a lot of respects. <laughs> with a lot of stuff. I have... I have this feeling that questing in Outland and World of Warcraft has given me a migraine. Really? Because people think that that questing is a lot better than. Well, I guess no, it isn't. No, it goddamn isn't. It's better it than. It was pl- better, it's better than, than classic, well. but um, yeah, not better than what? Not, not better than not. Cataclysm now. <laughs> yeah, the problem was is that Outland was so much better than classic that it stood out as. Well, so much better than classic, but when Cataclysm came along and they redid all of the original one to sixty content, now Outland sticks out as feeling very outdated. Mm-hmm. And I mean, when I level a character, I basically do all of Hellfire. I do enough of either Terracar or the Swamp to get to sixty five, and then I barrel through Negrand, and then I don't have to think about it. Oh, I always do um, 67 to 60. Oh, at least the two times I've done it before, I do 67 and 68 in Netherstorm. But other than that, All right, I'm, doing it with, I'm doing it with a heirloom piece this time, and it still sucks. All right, here's some more chat room examples, and then we'll move on. Just Dying Now on Legend of Heroes, says Hoctomaster. And Von Beardley says, The final boss in Final Fantasy XIII, since even with 90% instant resistance, I still had to do that fight 18 times because I kept getting instant killed. Which is terrible. I had to do that fight twice. I don't. I somehow got to skate through that fight, and other people had a lot of problems with it. I don't understand that. Well, the, the, there's a trick to not not getting instant death. In that well, did fight. I somehow figure it out? I don't. What well, is the, the trick? The, the, the trick is is that when you see him starting to charge up his massive ray gun, which is what he always does before he's going to instant death. Yeah. If you if you uh, if you spam him enough, if you you have to hit him hard enough to where you interrupt that ray gun attack. Oh, okay. And then, then he'll do a weaker version of that ray gun attack, and then he won't do the doom spell. Hmm. I don't remember that, if I just figured that out or if I just somehow survived it. I don't remember. Because uh, he, he he does the same thing when you fight him the first time on the airship. That's that's the trick is you have to switch switch to like put create a, a paradigm of all ravagers. Yeah. To boost to boost up his uh his over what his stagger meter. Yeah, yeah. And and then um. Once once he's staggered, switch to your standard uh, two commandos and a ravager team, and just spam him like no tomorrow. So you interrupt it. You'll notice when he interrupts because he'll have a he'll do a giant jerking maneuver. He'll still deal the the attack, but it's a massively weakened version. Ah, fair enough. Hmm. 
cool. I, I had to look up how to do that because I had the same problem when they fought him on the airship. Are you excited about Borderlands 2? Uh, yes. No. Manny, yes. John, no. Roy? Sort of. Me, I don't care because I haven't had time to play Borderlands 1 yet. I just finished uh, the zombie island with Dr. Ned. Nice. And I'm started, and I just started uh, General Knox. And it's, it's a good game and I can see where... I, I can definitely see the room for improvement. So it's sort of like with Torchlight One, you'd be like, okay, I see the seed that they've planted here. I want to see what they can do with the sequel that sort is of addresses all to, the problems here. Is it fun to play solo, or should I really try to find others? Uh, find what others. platform do you have it on? PC. Oh well, yeah. You, on Steam, you could probably find someone easy. I mean, there's tons of RP gamers who bought it on Steam during right, that. right, right, right. But um, I've heard that I don't want a high level person coming into my game. No, oh, it's not that big find, a deal to start over want, with somebody. You want to find someone who's of relative level. Okay. I played yes, the whole thing by myself. The, it's been okay. Yeah, I, I did it a whole single player too, but the it's one of those games that the funness factor is increased if you have other people. Okay. I'll have to find someone. Advertise- I, I, oh, sorry, I, imagine it's, I, I imagine it's a lot like Dead Island in that aspect. Oh, no, 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 because it's actually fun to play by yourself in Borderlands. (laughs) What are they talking about? Wow. Um, Oh, they're still talking about Final Fantasy XIII. We've got, like, a bunch of strategies on it. Uh, Wait, what are they talking about? Super Ornstein? That's not from Final Fantasy XIII. Oh, what's the next question, Chris? I'm just trying to figure out what they're talking about. Who's Smaug? Not not the <sighs> not the Hobbit dragon. Ornstein. Who's Ornstein? What are they talking about? Dark oh, Souls. Dark Souls. Dark. Okay. Jeez. Okay. Thank you, people. I have to finish that game at some point. I don't know if it'll ever happen, but I really want to. Advertising, billboards, and banners. By the way, Anna is not excited about Borderlands 2 because it's a, a game that involves guns, and by default she doesn't like those. Give her a farming hoe or something, and she likes it much more. Oh, wait. Take this out of context. Borderlands 2 is all about the guns. Yes. <laughs> Advertising, billboards, and banners inside of video games. A, no, never, don't ruin my game. B, Yes, if it makes the game cost less. C, it's unavoidable and will happen more and more, so there's no use even talking about it. D, other. <laughs> I I kind of sit somewhere between B and C. So that's an other, and define what your other is. <laughs> but the truth is it won't make our games cost less. They're not going to start charging us $50 because there's ads in it. Yep. Right, and that's the thing is, I think it would be more for like a free-to-play title. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. Well, um, I, think, I, I, I don't think I, you'll see it in, say, Arkham City. Now, here's a question. Arkham City will be $10 cheaper. What if it allows your $60 game to have a bigger budget behind it than your $60 game would have otherwise? So that it, it, what it's offsetting is not your costs, but the development costs, and thus allows them to, to do more art assets and have a bigger development schedule. I, 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 can you give me an example? I don't care how What do you mean? I mean, this is, this is theoretical, Manny. I mean... Oh, so, because I, I've seen smart advertising in games before where it's like, oh, that's so clever. And you, you actually appreciate the – you don't even really realize you're being advertised to. Like, for example, in Saints Row the Third, there's an entire station – there's an entire Adult Swim radio station. And the DJs are Tim and Eric. Hmm. That's brilliant marketing, right? 
You I mean, see, yeah, like that stuff I certainly don't mind and I don't feel it's intrusive because I do think that's the direction that we're heading and people are in some fashion just going to have to get over it. That sounds much colder than but, I intended to be, but, but at, I at mean, the same time, I don't think it's going to ruin games if it's done well. Okay, can I ask well, you, I, I, what if, okay, that's one thing to see, like a radio station for Adult Swim and a game is crazy at Saints Row the Third. Right. But how would you feel, Anna, if all of a sudden you saw billboards in Torchlight 2? Irritated. I mean, again, it's it's a there's a place and time for everything, yeah. and I think that developers need to make conscientious, positive decisions for their games. You know, I I don't think I'd care if in a Digimon game I'm walking along the highway and there's a billboard for Coca Cola. I do, I would care if I'm in Diablo three and all of a sudden one of the prime right. evils is and I mean, me to buy something else. My example, I think, is the eventuality. If one of the prime evils tells me to buy something, I'm buying it, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, this this is this is going to be just like DLC. It's a situation of developers need to think about how they can use this responsibly. Some yeah, developers the, I trust. Some developers definitely don't. Will this kind of stuff ever fit in a fantasy world? I mean, can it just? It seems like Probably you just not. can't fit it in a fantasy world at all. I, I um, can't see that happening, but in a but in an RPG like Mass Effect, I could see it working. Yeah, why not? But um, but for C, I would definitely see C as far as racing games are concerned. I can't think of one bad example of that, though. I agree with you. Racing games is probably the best place to put in, or a sports game because that's full of advertising anyway. But one terrible example was um, Wipeout. Wipeout HD on PS on, on PSN. It didn't have advertisements initially but then they patched it in so that during every load screen there was an advertisement it wasn't like every load screen. it wasn't every load screen man but the load screens that were that it did do it it slowed the game down incredibly and increased the loading by like by who knows how long but it, it actually made the experience worse because of it that sounds deliberate though if you have an advertisement up your load taking 10 seconds longer makes sense on the practical side and is it, uh, you know, obnoxious and intrusive to the player. I think that's an example of it works good on paper in theory, and when mm. you put it in the game, you should stop and go, oh, wait, this is stupid, and players aren't going to like this. Yep. Because I didn't mind any ads in, uh, what was it called, Burnout Paradise. That There were ads for CompUSA and all these other places, and I didn't care because if I, if the billboard bothered me, I can just crash through it. So, Van is totally right. Time and place. The developer has to understand their audience and who they're marketing to. Silence. Silence. And hopefully, in the future, advertising become like a touted feature. Like, I like the idea of listening to all the the theme song to Tim and Eric or the opening theme to uh, what was it, Tank? on uh, Cowboy Bebop because those are like the iconic Adult Swim shows and listening to those songs while I'm driving around the city and just like, you know what? Adult Swim was pretty fun. I should go watch some this weekend. Smart advertising. That actually adds content to your game. And I do like Adult Swim specifically for their anime nights on Saturdays. Yeah, and that's a lot of those songs are in uh, Saint Row the Third. Like, uh, the are they? Really? Yeah. And Tim and Eric do funny little intros to each song. 
That would be a nice. This decision. is not good news for Chris because he was already thinking of buying Saints Row the Third, and I told oh, him if he did, that I would spend the whole time heckling him. Why? Because that, that game is awesome, Anna. Yeah, but it's Saints Row. Oh, but who cares? It's so like you know what? This is a completely distant conversation, maybe, but just. I love how they how these two series diverged at San Andreas. GTA is sort of dour and so serious, and then just Saints Row embraces the crazy. I love it. Just embraces it. It's like, yeah, we're crazy. We it's know like, it. It's like an entire game made around Gary's mod. So crazy. That level of insanity. Oh, Dr. Genki. Oh, man. Are we done grinding, Chris? Um, maybe. No yes. more questions from Ocelot? Yes, no more questions from Ocelot. Well, hopefully I caught up in experience. I hope so. Whew. Shoyab says, with most RPGs being very long, I often play another non-RPG at the same time to get some variety. For example, I'm playing Dark Souls and Batman Arkham City at the moment. Is this something you do? And if so, what are your favorite ga- genres to play alongside with RPGs? Um, hidden object. <laughs> <laughs> and puzzle games. Oh. <clears throat> um, I, I yeah, I do. If it's something like border- I was just say something like Borderlands, which is like a long grind. I may I may throw in like a, a quick, like five to six hour experience in there, like on a like a Call of Duty campaign or something. Hmm. Okay. Anybody else? No. Uh, I play, I don't know what I do. What do I do? Sometimes I play two RPGs at once, and that doesn't work, and I don't finish either. Um, sometimes I play, no, I just, I'm, I can't stick with a game long enough to actually have a, a strategy here. I just suck. Oh, iPhone games. I take lots of breaks with iPhone games. Do those count? Like Dungeon Ring? Yeah, but you're not as good as me. Mm. Like Scribblenauts? No, not like Scribblenauts. I should be taking a break with Scribblenauts, but more things like uh, uh, Hot Spring Story and stuff like that. Chris, did you know Scribblenauts is $1 on iOS right now? Oh, (laughs) wow. No excuse. (laughs) I already bought it, but that's that's great. That is the way to get that game. (laughs) The game is fun. I made a a black hole and it swallowed my entire world. I was really sad about that. (laughs) Then you have to start over? Yeah. (laughs) That'd be funny. <clears throat> Excuse me. So let's see. Uh, and yes, 100 mile bike ride, not 100 minutes. I get through a fair number of podcasts on those cycles. This is the guy who told us he listened to us on uh, 100 minute bike rides. But uh, yeah, 100 mile. Wow. No, he really does. Li- oh, no. We thought he was kidding about going 100 miles. But no, he seriously bikes 100 miles and he listens to a lot of podcasts on those cycles. Ours is one of the best. Thank you, Shoyab. Appreciate that. And for your other question, I'm not going to answer it because it's kind of private and you can PM me or something. So let's see. You guys can drive. Oh, so this is this is a voicemail. I was about to read the transcription on Google and that's kind of weird. Hey, RPG Task, congrats for reaching 200. You've leveled up and mastered your job. Does that mean you're going to reset to a new, bring new type of podcast later? And then catch that last part. Kona's called in and he said, hey, you guys, congrats on reading, reaching 200. And are you going to reset and make a new podcast or start from zero or something? And the answer is no, I'm not starting over. 
I've leveled this far. I'm not starting a new game plus. What do you guys think? But it could be fine. Could it be? But then we but but then we'd have to go through the process of coming up with a new name, and no one would know what it is. And ah, uh, okay. It's annoying. I don't know. This show this shows like a Disgaea game. There's really no limit to our levels. Yeah, but you have to start over to to really do the leveling right, don't you? In Disgaea, you can't just do it on the first time through. Yeah, fuck it. We're gonna continue. We have to do a continue. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh well. Yes. Uh, thank you, Draconis, for the kind words. Uh, he's the only person who congratulated us on two hundred. I'm just saying. Not that I mind. I'm not bitter. You know, I don't mind. Really, I'm okay with it. You know, I'm okay with it. Someday I'll believe that. <laughs> Thank you, Noodle. There we go. Now we got some congrats going in the chat room. If you'd like to join us in the chat room every week at 9 Pacific, noon Eastern, at rpgamer.com slash live. If you'd like to send us your feedback, podcast at rpgamer.com, 608-729-4098 for our voicemail, or post a message on our message boards at board.rpgamer.com. Go to the latest update section and look for the show thread. Thank you very much for listening for 200 episodes. Goodbye. No, no, not goodbye. Uh, <laughs> that's what I should do. Just like it. That's the end. Goodbye. But we're going to keep going because uh, we like doing this. And uh, it's not for the adoration. It's not for getting congratulations. I just, uh, I love doing the show. And I love having you guys out there listening. I love hearing the stories about how you listen to the show. And more important, I like bringing something useful to you. And uh, I hope it's useful to you. And if not, tell me what I can do to make it better. Because uh, this show is for you guys. And thank you very much for listening. So uh, with that said, um, we should probably go on to news, right? What's next? To Theoretically. I got this weird Google Doc this week. Google uh, shut down my Google Notebook, so we're not let- using that anymore for the show. So I have like to scramble to find a new way to do all this stuff. Uh, <clears throat> oh, new releases is next. Here we go. So check this out. Oh, and somebody edited this. How did they do that? Super Fossil Fighters comes out on the 14th for the DS. Eh? Eh? No? No? Super Fossil Fighters, anybody? It's like rock, paper, scissors, but with dinosaurs? (coughs) No? All right. Crickets. Crickets. All right. um, Well, if that's no good, do you care about this other game? Uh, It's called The Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword, but it's only coming out in Europe next week on the 18th. And, oh, have you heard about the um, the uh, special edition DS 3DS we got for um, Ocarina of Time? Uh, I have a story on it. Jerks. Yay. <laughs> Europe is oh, getting that was all a- the love lately. <laughs> Europe is getting all the love lately, like by far. Uh, Skyward yeah, Sword Sony's for us, better than ours too. Skyward Sword for us comes out a couple days later, so we'll be talking about it on next week's show as a new release for the U.S. And uh, with that, let's see. Ooh, let's plug some reviews. We got some reviews this week. There's a lot of reviews up on the site. So, review. First staff review is Harvest Moon, Tides of Destiny. Sam Marcello reviewed this. Said, I can see for miles and miles is her little tagline, which I don't know what that means, but that's her tagline. She says, tons of activities to do and explore. Music is quite lovely. Characters will grow on you, but it has poor hit detection, unbalanced combat, and horrendous voice acting, all in all, resulting in a two out of five. 
I played this game for a couple hours this week, and I don't want to play it for any more. <laughs> and that's all I can tell you. So, uh, Nyx took a, took a very unfavorable look at the game, and you can read her entire review up on the site. And I think she felt bad writing it, but that she had to. And uh, Well, she loves Harvest Moon and the Rune Factory especially. Yeah. But what what was really fun is there's this big uh, plant golem, I call it botanical golem, that you get to ride around in in the ocean, and you get to punch squids in the face, and that's pretty cool. That was the yeah, most fun he, I had in the game. Yeah, he turns to me after playing. He's like, you get to ride a mechanical golem. I'm like, it's not mechanical. He pauses for a second. You get to ride a botanical golem. Yes, very nice. Much better. <laughs> yes. Uh, and that is, uh, that, that's Harvest Moon Tides of Destiny. Play it on your PS3, or better yet, don't. Get the DS one instead of here. That's better. The, it's not a Harvest Moon game, but it's a... Or, excuse me, it's not a Room Factory game, but it's a Harvest Moon game on the DS. But people seem to be liking that more. Yeah. Oh, let's see what else we got. Um, oh, we got a review. For, we got a preview, excuse me, for Tales of Graces F. I'll let you go and read that on the site. One little clip from it. Graces F should go a long way to appeasing the Western fans' long-awaiting an entry on the PS3. So this is a re-release yeah, of the is. 360 version, right? No, it's a re-release of a Wii game. Of a Wii game? Wow. Tale, the, original, the original Tales of Graces was released on the Wii, and it was buggy as hell. Wow. So much so that they actually had to do a general product recall, I think it was. <laughs> Ouch. Um, so, uh, yeah, so they basically they made a PS3 port of it and then added a new arc on the end and called it Tales of Graces F. It's like what they did with the PS3 version of Vesperia, but... Slightly Moorish, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Our last review is of Skyrim, so we're not going to talk about it now because we'll be talking about Skyrim later. But uh, suffice to say, Maxstorm really liked the game, and you can go read a review on the site. So let's get I'm into the man. His score is so low, it brought down the Metacritic average. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it should totally be, totally be a four point six. You know, seriously. World of Warcraft subscriptions continue to fall. That's our lead-off story this week. That's right. Panic is in the streets. People are, are, are crying. People are jumping off buildings. That's because the f- subscriptions uh, for World of Warcraft went down by about 800,000 estimated subscriptions in a recent uh, call or something with Bl- Blizzard CEO Mike Morheim. It's now not 11.1 million as it was in August. It's 10.3 million and, and people are panicking. It's the end of Blizzard. It's the end of World of Warcraft. It's the end of MMOs. Subscription MMOs will die. Everyone will, will burn in fire. Or the you know, the funny thing is, 10 million is about... It's still 8 more million than every other... <laughs> and, it's, and then it says at the bottom that most of the lost subscriptions uh, were in China. Yeah, um, whatever that means. I don't know why China's losing subscriptions. But, uh, yeah. So they lost, some, they lost some more people, as is expected, post-expansion uh, and pre-new expansion... Uh, big question is uh, the 4.3 update going to get people back and is the the new expansion that will come out next year going to get people back? Who knows? All So they're still – so unfortunately they're only 9 million ahead of everyone else. <laughs> I know, right? We, uh, <laughs> we were in Best Buy yesterday or two days ago. There were still Cataclysm Collector's Editions. Yeah, that didn't used to happen, but I think they make a lot more of those nowadays. Yeah. They just oh, have oh. terrible distribution. Uh, well, we're How much were they out of curiosity? 80 bucks. The price hasn't fallen. Yeah, Blizzard games don't go down in price for a long time. 
while we're on the topic of uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, this investors called. There's some stuff revealed about the collectorization. If anyone wants some Diablo three minutia, ooh, tell me. Uh, you know the die and the wings that are included in the thing. The uh, the dies and the wings that are included in the collector's edition. Those for are in-game items, right? Yeah. The wings. People are were a little for... concerned that they were like one-time use and how they would work. Yeah. But so the dies you can use on a limited number of times, and if you want to transfer them to another character, you just put them in your shared stash. And the wings are a toggleable item that you keep in your inventory. Just push it on to have the wings. Push it on to have it off. They don't take an equipment slot. Awesome. And they're not sure what they're going to do about putting these things on hardcore characters. They're going to talk to. They're going. They're going to. I don't think they thought that far ahead. Okay. So they're going to sit down and think like, oh, what, what do we do if these items are happen to be on hardcore characters and they die? So yeah. That's the one little uh, thing they're working out right now. Wait, um, are those the items you get for World of Warcraft when you pre- get the collector's edition? At no, they're in-game Diablo three items. You get two dies and a Tyrell's wings. What do the wings do? Or is it just um, an aesthetic thing? They just make you look pretty, presumably. Yeah, people were worried that it would take up an entire equipment slot just to look cool. No, you just put in your inventory. And people worried about the dies because in the game, if you use a die, it disappears. So why would you buy a collector edition with all these bonus special items that you can only use once? Mm-hmm. So the dies, you can repeatedly dye things cloud and smoke colored all you want. Coolie. Oh, no, small I'll be those anyway because I've already got that thing pre-ordered. All right, just just so I, and I know people who who pre-ordered were wondering about that one thing. And uh, while we're still talking about Diablo three, Chris, yeah, did you see the WoW beta uh, Easter egg? No, not the WoW beta. Excuse me, Diablo three beta Easter egg. Um, what would that be? Okay, uh, Diablo really is it's pretty good. You haven't seen this yet? No. Okay, let me give you the link to this. It's called... Well, I kind of don't even want to say what it is because it'll spoil the fun. Okay, link something then. Oh, whatever. Just spoil the fun. Alright, so... Why is that happening? A couple weeks ago... Finally, a... What is this? I don't understand it. Where is it? While the hell bovines are numerous and bloodthirsty, the same cannot be said for their heavenly counterparts. Author of Sanctuary Cattle, unknown author. Hidden line in the Diablo 3 beta account page. Okay. Oh, and you put a code in. And they try to Okay, so if you put a code into the Diablo 3 beta area, you'll unlock a little star cow. Star cow? Oh, it's Nyan cow. Oh. So you get Nyan cow, and then you get Diablo 3, which looks like Super Mario 3. And on the front, it's a flying cow with a rainbow behind him. And then you get an animation like Yon Cat, but it's a cow. That's awesome. Okay. There's a little video below if you want to watch it. I, I link it in the chat room for all the Yon Cow people. Is that doing the Pop-Tart pop Cat thing? Yes, kind of. That would be Yon Cat. <laughs> Diablo 3 beta with a little cow. When someone else made a Diablo Neon beta, which has nothing to do with. Okay. I can't believe we just wasted time on that. All right. <laughs> <laughs> you had to bring up Pop Tart Cat. <laughs> Pop Tart Cow. Secret Cow Levels. Well, he's, he's not a Pop Tart. He's, uh, this, this looks more like a rainbow cow because he he's not shaped like a Pop Tart. So you got to keep that straight. Very important. All right. 
Let's move on. Let's move on. <laughs> that was not wasted time. Shadow says you right. needed to see the cow. Okay. <laughs> one more little one more little thing I want to ask you, Chris. Yes. So let me ask you, uh, how embarrassing would it be? Just just hypothetically, how embarrassing would it be if an entire development company, I mean dev team, accidentally deleted their game and deleted their game from the servers and had no way to recover it, so they had to cancel the project. How embarrassing would that be? Um, Very, I would imagine. Embarrassing. What? Oh, oh it just happened in Japan. Or M two. What happened? They um they brought their game down for maintenance, and um they accidentally corrupted the game while maintaining it, and they can't restore it, and the developers can't restore it. So it's just like done. Wait, what about their backups? There were no backups. Why are there no backups? Because they were cutting corners in costs. I'm not kidding. Yep, so, the entire game is well, being canceled. The entire so, MMO. So they could just start over from scratch, couldn't they? No, because they don't have the source code anymore. How do they not have the source code? Because they didn't do a backup. What? Do you, how do you... What? Yeah. You can't yeah, do this that. Is, <laughs> no, no, this is what makes this story just completely epic. There is no other copy of this game. That doesn't make yeah, sense. I saw some. I saw some comments. Yeah, the where only they, copy of the game they had was the one they had I, running. I understand losing the database, so you'd have to no. start from scratch. But no, losing it's, the, it, they broke the how whole do you game. Not back up your damn code. <laughs> Stupidity. <laughs> Who was playing? This? I love this comment. Right how many here. people was as spending this, money on this? Oh my gosh! Yeah. As a sysadmin, I really have to question how this happened. There are many policies in place to rent this kind of stuff. I personally think that this is a ruse, and they're taking the money and running. <laughs> I, so yeah, uh, the MMO. What was the MMO called? It was a Japanese MMO. M two. M two. Is the sequel to M one? Is it? I don't know. Was it? I don't know. Never heard of it. Oh my gosh! Hand game. Isn't this, aren't these the people who bought um, the game that Runic used to be working on? No, that was Handbit. It's Hand game. Who's Hand game? Don't don't go to a Hand game game. Not that you have a risk of this, since this was a Japanese MMO that wasn't out here, but. It's pretty bad, huh? <laughs> you know, seriously? <laughs> I'm like, I'm trying to think of worst case scenarios in, in the data center I help run. And like, there's no way that I, so many things would have to go wrong before we would actually lose all our code. Like explosions at multiple places in the U.S. and stuff like that. Like, how does this happen? <laughs> Okay, that's all right. Uh, as bad as you think you have it, um, they've got it worse. <laughs> <laughs> now, the one theory that I saw bandied around is that um, their backup archival copies were damaged in the earthquake and nobody realized it. Oh, uh, that's possible. Yep. That's complete speculation, right? That is complete and total speculation. That's I it. mean, the company was just, we broke it, it's gone, sorry. Bye. I love that response. <laughs> Sorry. We're done. Can you imagine? Hey, yeah, we canceled the Apple 3. Uh, we, we pushed the leap on by accident. <laughs> we lost 10 so, years of work. Oops. <laughs> yeah, no, we're the Apple 3. Sorry, guys. Yeah. So. I feel bad yeah. for the people who are working on that because they are so fired. Their jobs are gone. Yep. Well, I mean, yeah, because all the stuff they were working on is gone. So. Yep. Um,. Yeah. 
This is why backups are important, people, even of your personal data. Yeah, that's why you need to buy a Drobo. D-R-O. I, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, uh, an external drive and crash plan. That's what I recommend right now. Crash plan is my remote backup software of choice at the moment. Use coupon code RPGamer. For I wish I had a coupon code, but I do not. But I'll just throw that out there for free. No sponsorship, because that's who I'm using. And uh, they don't have uh, bandwidth caps, and they don't have size caps, unlike the other major competitors. So I like them. If you're tiny and you don't have a lot of data, yeah, Mosey or, or, or Carbonite are more popular, and you'll be able to find coupon codes. But I'm telling you, technically, from a technical standpoint, Crash Plan's better. Oh, oh they have okay. a great um, iPhone app now. Oh, do they? Ooh. Yeah, you can access all your data from uh, from your iPhone. I'm going to download that right now. I didn't. How do you know about that? I didn't know you saw Crash Plan. It. Oh, do you? Yeah, I totally have Crash Plan. I oh. got the five-year plan. Or oh, four year plan. Isn't it awesome? Yeah, pretty cheap. Did you do that on your own, or did I influence you on that? We talked about it. I said, all right, that sounds good. Remember they had the switchover plan? I got the big discount. Oh, you, you were using Mosey before? No. Oh, you just get the discount anyway. Yeah, yeah you just put in the code. Have you tried doing some restores from them? Uh, once, just to move some files around. Just just so people know, the most important part of your backup uh, strategy is to actually test doing restores and make sure you can get data back. It actually matters a lot. So um, it's something to always to work into your... Every so often, do a restore of your backup and make sure your files are actually being backed up properly in such a way you can get them back. Oh, I check that all the time to make sure all the right things are being backed up. So just, you do a download from their site to, yeah, very important. All right. Uh, otherwise, you can end up backing stuff up badly, badly, and then you won't know until you you lose your data that your beta was your data wasn't being backed up right. And there's no worse feeling than that. Like I did backups, but I did them wrong. Oh, you just want to kill yourself. All right. Game of Thrones, big property this year. We've got an HBO series. We got the fourth book in this. The fourth or fifth book just came out. I don't remember which. And 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 we've got games coming out, but not just one game, not just two games, but three games coming out. Yeah, the fifth game, uh, the fifth book says just Doug. So, an RTS came out uh, this past year. Uh, I don't know if it was any good. I haven't heard anybody talking about it, so I'm assuming it's not. Uh, most most reviews have put it in the five out of ten range. Yeah, so that's not good. Uh, also, that came out was a, a announcement from the let's see. Uh, Atlas, that they're bringing out an RPG, like a, tr- a more traditional RPG, uh, probably a, a more traditional PC RPG, I'm not sure. Uh, is, is it PC? I can't remember. Who remembers? I believe it's PC, PS3, 360. Okay, so, but Western-style RPG, I guess. Right, it's, it, it's going to work um, in the same um, vein as War in the North, where... Uh, oh. Atlas isn't making it, they're just publishing it. Right, right. right. Where it's part of the main storyline, but you're dealing with characters that aren't addressed in the main books slash TV shows. All right. So. And I like uh, that idea. But you don't like the show. I I do like the show. The last episode was really good. They toned down on the sex, so. (laughs) Okay. The first episode had... The first episode. The first episode had way too much sex in it. I'm sorry. It felt like a like a crappy Cinemax movie. So. Wow, the Cinemax movies you watch have great production values. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> well, I don't watch Cinemax because of that. I learned at an early age this is not something I care for. So whatever. And I, and I know that sounds judgmental. Hey, hey, hey! Even medieval fantasy people have sex. Apparently, so Just Doug says, "Welcome to HBO," and Noodle says, "You mean Skinemax?" Yep, I do mean Skinemax. <laughs> 
<laughs> All right. Well, whatever. Uh, the second episode was a lot better. I'm hoping it stays that way. I know sex is part of these novels, but uh, the way they were just... It just seemed like an excuse to get breasts on the screen, and that just felt cheap to me. And you said, like, that's a bad thing. I do. I do. I, I, I prefer content rather than... Hey, 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 there's plenty of content in those breasts. <laughs> All right, whatever. I'll stop talking about it. Um, in addition to the RPG, the Western-style RPG, we also have an MMO coming. So this is an MMORPG being developed by Big Point, um, the people who made the Battlestar Galactica MMO that was browser-based. Anyone remember that? No? Right. Uh, so that's... <laughs> oh, there's another one. There's a fourth game. A social networking type game similar to Farmville in its design, based on Game of Thrones. <laughs> what? What are you farming? King's Crossing yeah, there's Field. A, I there's don't know. A, there's a there's a Facebook game coming out for it. Yes. Yeah. Hmm. Now and, that um, I would play. I I don't know about the uh, the MMO, but I do know that the. Uh, the RPG is being developed as a, by the same pe- people that did uh, the the RTS, which is not exactly a something to lend to its credence. Which, it which one be is being made by the RTS? The RPG? Um, yeah. Ooh. So it, it it might actually it has a decent chance of turning out as a pretty crappy game if they put the same level of quality. You into know, it. I saw the announcement for this RPG by Atlas, and I just I worry about this game. It's like this is a big property. You know, this is like a popular thing, and it, Usually big properties like this don't get picked up by a company like Atlas. They usually get snapped up by like a Namco Bandai or an Activision or something. And the fact that Atlas is the one picking this up really makes me worry about the quality of the game. You know, nothing against Atlas. They're just not in the position I, to get big properties. It makes me excited for Atlas because I think this is a really awesome coup. <clears throat> yeah, unless the if game, game sucks so much that no one else wanted it, Anna. Like, like, there's one book series I love. I love a book series called the Wheel of Time series, and there was one group of people that were trying to talk with the uh, publisher about it, uh, about trying to make a video game based off the series. And I said, hell no, they better not, because any game that they come up with will not measure up. Are you Unless kidding? Wait, 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 wait. There was already a Wheel of Time game. Didn't you play it? It was a first-person shooter. You were was you were you were someone who could control the one power and it was a first person shooter. You didn't play I'm talking it. Talking about that MMO from the nineties. No, it's not an MMO, it's an FPS from the nineties. <laughs> but it is from the nineties. <laughs> <laughs> that really bad one from the nineties. No, 90s. people liked it. Did I... anyone ever play the old Lord of the Rings Super Nintendo game? I did not, but I remember a friend showing me the so manual from that bad. game. Wasn't that an, an, an RTS? Huh? Wasn't that no. an RTS? No? It was like a first-person dungeon caller, if I remember oh, okay, correctly. That was a different game. Well, okay. I, I remember that well, the, the point is, is that when you, take, when you make a video game about a really popular book series like Game of Thrones, and it turns out to be really crappy, it can really damage the property of the books. Oh. If, if someone's if say if say if someone's never read the books before and they're just hearing about it through these games, then putting out a shitty game is not exactly the best way to help the brand name of the of the books. Hmm. Well, well, well. Uh, who's developing the Game of Thrones game? Which one? Uh, let me. The 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 Atlas one. Let me look it up. Because if it is who I think it is, I'm a little I think suspicious. It was, I think it was Frozen Bite, I think. Frozen Bite? Is it? 
Uh, let me look it up. <laughs> no, 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 because they, they're doing trying too. They're busy. <laughs> trying to no find one knows it. who's doing the Game of Thrones game. Trying to look it up on Steam who did the... Uh, Nobody wants their name associated with it. Because <laughs> if it is who I think it is, I think it might be the people who are doing uh, of orcs and men. Ah, interesting. Cyanide. Cyanide. What have they done? Um, they did uh, Blood Bowl, the the Loki really crappy PC Diablo clone game. And something called Pro Cycling Manager Tour de France 2009. Oh, they are. So it is the people I was thinking of who are doing the Orcs and Men game. Yeah, and they, Cyanide haven't had a, haven't had a, well, they're not really that good as developers, really. Yeah, because I remember when I saw Orcs and Men at E3, they're like, oh, yeah, and we're doing a Game of Thrones RPG. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> but it looks like, looks like the highest Metacritic score they have on any of their games is a 73. And that's on I'll be ball. honest. Of um, orcs and men looked okay at best, based on what I saw. And if they're splitting their team down the middle to do of orcs and men, and Game of Thrones makes me wonder. Yeah, Game of Thrones Metacritic score for Genesis RTS is fifty-two. Huh. This one is going to be a wait and see for sure, because these this is not a proven studio. Yep. Looks like most of their games, at least on Metacritic, hit in the low 60s. Cool. So Um, not good news. Someone sent me PSN codes and was wondering if I got them. I don't remember getting them. (gasps) What game did you get? I don't know. I don't know what PSN codes he sent me. PM. Oh, on the forums? Yeah, I don't know. I don't yeah. know. I, I yeah, wonder. I I'm wondering. It makes me wonder. I could go hack your forum account and check for you. Ooh, hack oh, sorry about Cyanide and the Game of Thrones game. I'm really wondering. Huh. What are you wondering about? I just don't know because Alice has, pub- has tried to, to branch out of the Japanese space and they've published... Um, Templar the Last Saga or something? No, it was um, uh, um, D- the Divinity 2. Can we just assume... Cursed that no, Crusader? Be... Yeah, no. the Last Crusader or something. There you go. Cursed the Crusader. The cursed and that was... No, okay, it's the Cursed Crusade, first of all. If you're talking about the <laughs> recent, the recent <laughs> game that Atlas just released, it's the Cursed Crusade, and it didn't get very good reviews. That was, like, okay at best. Uh, that's probably because it sucked. Yeah, I really liked the demo for the Cursed Crusade. I had fun playing through the demo. It broke my heart when I heard that the game sucked because I wanted that to be good. Because I wanted more of that. I really liked the interactive, like game playing, yet not really quick time events, but like not normal combat. It was breaking things up, but apparently it sucks. So that stinks. Uh, so they, so the Cursed Crusade guys are making the Game of Thrones game. Is that what you're telling me? No, no, no. It's just sort yeah. of like Alice has tried to pick up these ah, studios. Okay. We're yeah. talking about like a coup for, for Atlas. Yeah. I, 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 I love that they're trying to branch out like uh, Rock of Ages, The Last Cru- 
the Curse Crusade and uh, Game of Thrones, but well, Rock of Ages was pretty good though. It was, and the Curse Crusade wasn't. So this one is a. Uh, I, I think they're going to be batting a hundred or something, which kind of sucks. But you know, it's better than nothing. Uh, we should move on. But based on what we've talked about here, I'm not very excited for these games being good. So uh, I have to wonder if the more disturbing part of the first Game of Thrones episode was the copious amounts of boobage, or the fact that two different siblings were sexually involved. It's okay. It was in uh, what's it called? It was implied in. Uh, uh, Gladiator. So it's peachy. <laughs> it I don't know what Gladiator is. It was shown is. in Game of Thrones, though, not implied. You, it was. You don't like Gladiator? You haven't watched Gladiator, Anna? No. You haven't seen <gasps> the movie Gladiator? No. Uh oh. I'm in trouble. Yeah, you are. Chris is going to make you watch it now. Oh. It's a great movie, so that's no problem. It's a fantastic would... movie. Yeah, Anna. When you're done with that movie, I'm going to ask, were you not entertained? <laughs> All right. Go All right. ahead and go watch the highlight of Russell Crowe. It's Russell Crowe, so you'll be into it. Russell Crowe with no shirt. Anyway. Final Fantasy thirteen two Collector's Edition. It's coming out in the U.S., everybody! Woo! Not just Europe anymore! That's right. Square Enix. Square Enix. They actually did something right for once, and we got to celebrate them. Well, yes and no, because depending on where you pre-order, everybody gets a different bonus. Screw that. Everybody go pre-order it from Best Buy. You get the novella. Um, unless you want the Omega boss battle, then you go to Amazon. And I forget what you get at GameStop. But the important part, if you get the collector's edition for 80 bucks, you're getting a four-track sound, a four-disc soundtrack included. And nobody has said that this doesn't include the theme song from the game. Whereas in Europe, it doesn't include the theme song from the game. So I, it may be a it complete. Is, it, it is probably the same one as the European one. I, I, Chris. Yeah, chances are that it's the same, and they just aren't mentioning it, which is really cheap if they're not. Um. It. Yeah. Of course, they're not going to mention. Oh, yeah. This is the soundtrack. They did it uh, in Europe. Uh, they uh, mentioned uh, it in Europe. Don't Europe tell me. Of course, they're not going to mention it. Yeah, but Europeans are okay with that. Americans are whiny entitled. I yeah. think they should spend the money to license the theme song. Point is, we don't actually know. None of us actually knows, and they haven't announced it. So it may or may not come with that song. Uh, what is ho- the theme song? I don't know. It's, it's just whatever. It's the vocal song, and those always cost more to license it. So but it, have you no heard surprise. it at all? Or no, I haven't heard it at all. It might suck. So who cares? What, what it is, it from good, an out- is, it, is it from an outside artist or something? Or? Yeah. It usually is, right? Like someone like Kodakumi yeah, something. or something? Yeah, they get some fancy Japanese pop artists, and they, they, you know, they have them do the song. Or in the case what can of the uh, English one. Oh, yeah, that sucked. And The 13 song was crap anyway, so it didn't matter. What can I do for you? I like What Can I Do For Do. You can shut up now. Um, as long as you're not talking about Jade from Sweetbox. Cause Why she is do you call terrible. it What Can I Do For You when you know it's called Real Emotion? Because that's what I think. Of. What can I do for you? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jade from Sweetbox is terrible. I love how they advertise it. Oh, yeah, we got... Terrible. Exactly, she's nobody. And during, when Ten Two came out, people were like, "Oh, well, Square Enix tried to spin it. Like, oh, we don't have the Kodakumi version, but we have Jade from Sweetboxing in the English version, which is terrible." It's okay. The song itself is a nice little techno jaunt, and um, but it loses some of it. it lo- but it kind of loses the point. The point it wasn't supposed to be like a techno jaunt. It was supposed to be like a nice J-pop jaunt. All right, no, with the fit and theme with the entire game, which was like a, a the whole thing was a J-pop jaunt. Yeah, you're right. You're right. 
I don't know. I, I feel like they should have just left in Japanese because it would have matched more of the tone of what they were going for. And besides, people who buy Final Fantasy games are not averse to Japanese things. I know, right? So they should really spring for the for the full image song of the Japanese version if they can. But well, anyway, four disc soundtrack and an art book for your twenty dollar premium. That's a good deal. I'll just put that out there. Pretty good deal. Oh, and just to be clear, the uh, collector's edition contents does indeed include the the game disc and manual, just in case you thought it wouldn't. <laughs> and it's a hardcover art book, so that's a great deal. And it's coming out in the U.S. I I did I did not think Square Enix would do that. So oh, I know who's doing it, Chris. Who? Apparently, it's a big deal on Pinoy News that a Filipino artist is doing the Char- Tentu thing. Or, you know who she is? No. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to sound like I knew who she was, though. <laughs> well, there you go. There's the daily Pinoy news for you. All right. Cool. Uh, Wait, Sharice? Really? Sharice Pempenko. Oh, she is? Wow. She's doing the new theme? That is awesome. Oh, shut She's up. She's messing with us. You're she has no idea No, 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 no. <laughs> she plays a character on Glee. She plays Sunshine Corazon. Are you kidding me? No. She was on Oprah. She got really famous because she was on YouTube, and Oprah brought over from the Philippines, and we're like, we oh love gosh. you, and we think your singing is awesome. Have a She's green right. card. She's right. It's an actual character on Glee. So is she doing, just doing the English that, version, then? She's not doing the Japanese one. No. You think? She doesn't know how to speak Japanese. Oh. Well, that doesn't... You, you can sing oh. languages without knowing how to speak them, guys. It's not that hard to learn. Someone coaches you on the pronunciation, and you just do it. It's fine. Oh, but I doubt the Jap- I doubt the Japanese. She's more of an American icon. It seems like she's more of a Western icon than a Japanese one. Hmm. Uh, let's see. Oh, let's go to Wikipedia. Theme. The game's theme song for the 316 international ver- version is New World by Filipino singer Sharice with a Japanese PS3 version. I like that. Oh, PS3 okay, so users versus 360 users in Japan get different songs. Uh, Yakusoku no Basho by Mai Fukui. Um, which is weird that they get a different one, but oh well. That'll be like the only reason to import the soundtrack is for that one song. That kind of sucks. Mm. And we'll see if we get any of that in our version. Anyway, we should keep moving. Download your PSP UMD games on Vita. All right, so this is what this we've been waiting for. This story cheeses me. Yeah, but here's here it is. How are you going to get your UMD games onto your Vita? Well, we don't know if this is coming to the U.S. or to Europe, but here's how it's going to work in Japan. You're going to have a program that reads the fact that you have a UMD game somehow. I guess you hook up your PSP with a UMD game up to your computer or something, and it'll say, all right, you own the UMD, or at least you have a copy of the UMD, so you get access to a discounted version of the PSN download version of this game. Every UMD is unique. So once you've registered a UMD, it can't be registered to another Sony account. How are they unique? I don't know. Okay. Are you sure? I just know that this is how it works. Yes, I was reading about this. Okay. That's that's weird. All right. So apparently there's some sort of identifier on the UMD. That's kind of cool, but doesn't make sense given that they're printed and not burned. Um, it's hard to do. But whatever. So they're doing that. And UMD is uh, it registers and you get... Um, for a Japanese game, they're saying like a $53 game, once you register the UMD, you'll be able to buy it on PSN for $31. So it's it's not a... It, the discount isn't nothing, but you're still spending a lot of money to convert your games over to, PS, to, to PSN downloadable versions. That's better than nothing at all. 
So uh, other one, you get Persona <sighs> Three Portable for twenty bucks, Dirt Two for thirteen bucks, Patapom for like Wait, ten bucks. Do you get a fixed discount, like a, like ten dollars off each thing? No, it's well, it was over twenty dollars for the first one I listed. Because I'm wondering, like some games, like I have a an old UMD Vision Dark, but you can probably get that for about. Twenty bucks, ten dollars now. It'll be so a, do discount, I get a discount. It'll be a discount versus the normal price in the PSN now. In okay, the, so you're guaranteed the a Japanese, discount. Yeah, in the Japanese store, we don't know how it's going to okay. work here if we can do it at all. So, but yeah, like Patapon was only one thousand yen after this. Guilty Gear Judgments five hundred yen after you do this. So that's that seems pretty discounted. Okay, because people keep on saying conversion. Like, like I'm thinking. Like, there's no actual conversion. You're saying, yeah, you have the disc here. Here's a yeah, disc. Yeah, it's on the- not a conversion at all. That's right. Oh, okay. What would be this nice This just pisses that me off. That, because what, if whoa, you whoa, whoa, whoa. The- Roy first and then Anna. Cause yeah. he started first. I, I think that what would be nice, though, is that if you were able to use this type of program, if it did come to the West, to be able to get games that don't have a PSN version for whatever uncomplicated reason. Well, they say it's not going to be the full library either. It's uh, like 200 titles or so. Basically, what's already already on PSN? I assume right. so, um, and whatever the publishers were okay with them doing this for. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I just oh, went to birth right? by sleep on the PSN already. <laughs> Good call. I'm just cheese because I hate the idea of having to pay again for a game I already own. Well, you don't own that game. You've licensed that game, so... Whatever. Yep. <laughs> I don't know. I don't trust Sony very much. I've had such just such hassles. This just feels like a rip-off. I don't care. I, I hack my PSP Go, and I just rip my UMDs onto it. So. You know, like, like Roy said earlier, like a lot of my DRM problems might be fixed with this new update that lets you handle your uh, registrations online on the web, but until I see actually how it works, I'm going to hold off on any of this. Going to hold you can't hold off on the new the new DRM system, man. You, unless you're just no. I mean, hold off and see when a buy in or not. Oh, so you won't buy any more PSN games or something, or PS3 games, well, or no PSN games. I guess I don't have to buy. In, I don't. I don't. Even, I don't buy PSN games already. Oh, so it doesn't matter to you then, anyway. Then no, but I'm saying like if I get a Vita and oh, I don't like okay. the system works, I'm be like, oh, you know, I'll just buy. I'll buy a physical copy. I see. I see. Because they say you can do it from 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 the web interface, but it might be like one of those situations where, well, you can do this once a year, or you can do this once every one. You know, if I can just, as soon as I bump my head against it, I'm annoyed. Understood. Understood. All right. Uh, next thing is oh, 3ds. Yes. So 3ds sales are on pace to surpass the DS's first-year sales. How about that? So Nintendo's lost a lot of money this past quarter, but they're, the, apparently the 3DS is selling just fine. It's on on pace to sell a lot. So they've sold $1.65 right. so far. I think the projected budget was selling an identical number of 3DS's to DS's yeah. at the original $250 price tag. Yeah. So, you know, How if you knock... How much was the DS when it came out? 200 Canadian. Okay. okay. So the Probably DS sold 2.37 million in its first year, and the 3DS is already up to 1.65 million, so uh, under a million to go. And it's got plenty of time to do it. It's got through March to pull that off. So, eh. 
the DS sold horribly, says Gambit. So this is spin because just because it's selling better than the DS doesn't mean anything because it sold horribly. Because apparently 2.37 millions is bad. So compared to the light, I guess. Oh, whatever. The the real proof will be in the pudding of 3D Mar- Mario Land 3D and Mario Kart 7. So I can't say that. Super Mario 3D Land. That's just such a weird thing to say. Oh, oh, oh. Shadow just reminded me of a question. What? Really quick. Is there a time limit on this thing? I mean, if I buy a Vita three years from now, will I still be able to do this UMD transfer program? Uh, We don't have... <laughs> you, right now, cannot do anything because this has not been announced for the U.S., Okay, let's pretend I'm Japanese. Okay. If I get this three years from now. Uh, they did not announce a time frame. Because it sounds like it's something just might be for early adopters. No, it does sound like that. Uh, it could be something I could see them doing for a couple of years and then cutting off when they don't feel like supporting it anymore. And that gotcha. Makes sense. But who knows? We don't know. That's all we know. All we know is how it would work in Japan. So we'll see. We'll see. Oh, and I also saw some news about like uh, data plan rates for the Japanese PS uh, for the Vita. Like people were figuring that out. You know those prepaid plans that sounded good on the Vita in Japan, where like you prepay a, a certain amount of data and you just use it as you go. Yeah. So the the twenty meg, you know, they they broke it to like um, two hundred meg and twenty meg cards or something like that. I forget what it was. But they had two levels of cards, and you bought one was cheaper, one was more expensive. The more expensive one had more megabytes on it. The cheaper card only lasts for a month, and the more expensive card only lasts for six months. So not only is it you buying uh, your data bit by bit, which was okay, but it expires too. So that kind of sucks. It isn't as good as I thought it was going to be. In, in you, I don't understand how your data can expire. It, it's, it's essentially each card is a little mini contract. Is what it is. So but, you, you put in the code, and from that date, you have until you use up the amount of data on the card or, or the time goes up. I don't think that would fly in the U.S. From what I understand, is it's, um, I think it's similar to how um, like um, certain Japanese telecoms things work, particularly um, phone cards and the like. I, you're, I think Manny's right. It wouldn't fly in the U.S., and the only reason I think it's designed that way is because that's apparently how things work in japan yeah i think like even in california specifically certain things like uh gift card balances or things that you are uh, it's illegal for them to expire those kind of so i'm wondering if like okay i bought this time card i bought this time slot i should be able to use it until it's until i use it all up i think that's well, that's I don't right. know if that applies to this. Some, that's right. Similar, it, what, no. you weren't buying data in japan you're buying hours so you're buying 20 hours for 980 yen so that's mm-hmm. like 10 bucks or so or whatever I guess 11 bucks 12 bucks and that's but it lasts for a month or 100 hours for 4980 yen so like 60 bucks and that lasts for 6 months so it's like 60 bucks for 6 months that's more expensive than uh Xbox Live <laughs> and you have 100 hours of usage or 6 months whatever expires first and how many right. megabytes like how it doesn't are we say it doesn't say it's just unlimited because we know usage. we're not talking about unlimited that's well, it's essential. It is. Here. It's. It's not. On, it's not based on megabytes. It's by hours used. But so I can download entire games through this thing. No, because you're capped. <laughs> so in Japan, it's 128 kilobits kilobits per second download and 64 kilobits per second upload. Unless you just go ahead. They also have a, a monthly plan that's 5,500 yen per month. 5,500 yen per month. That's over sixty dollars a month. I just let that sink in. 
and then that let, gives you unlimited data usage and unlimited uh, and and really fast download speeds, fourteen megabits and five point seven megabits. Um, let's see. Convert fifty five hundred yen to dollars, just to just to drive that home. That's seventy dollars a month. It, it, that can't be right. Please tell me that's like yeah. No, that's seventy dollars per month. Seventy dollars per month. So it's when you start thinking about how crappy our data plans are, Japan apparently has it worse, and I didn't realize that. So okay. uh, the the upside the upside to um, to data plans, at least as far as. Um, like cable internet cons- is concerned is the internet is phenomenally fast in Japan. Yeah, I guess and then you'd have 14 megabits down on your 3G network and I so, you know if that actually works there in like AT&T here, I don't know. Maybe it would be worth it if you don't have like a computer or a laptop oh, give or me a phone. break like you're going to browse on your Fida. That's what I'm saying. Like, what are you going to do? Like, maybe you're going to yeah. watch Netflix on The it? cards maybe? are the way to go in Japan. Even even with the time limits, the cards are definitely the way to go. Because you're going to be... You're not using it to download... I don't even think you can download games with it, Manny. I really don't think you can. I think it's used for, like, the, the network features and the social features. So, all right. In the U.S., just to remind you, um, they said that you're going to use the Data Connect plans from AT&T. So it'll be $15 for 250 megabytes per month or $25 for 2 gigabytes a month. And uh, there's no commitment, but it's billed monthly. That's a lot, I think. But um, nowhere near as bad. Especially as when you consider that you're not even going to be downloading games with this thing. You're just going to be I, uh, asynchronous playing and uh, spot pass basically yeah. near and uh, your your wall and trophies. So whatever. I hope that they change that and they announce new pricing. But who knows? I think this thing. Right now, I have I pre-ordered one of the first edition bundles, but I may be changing that, because it doesn't sound like 3G is worth having on this device. No, you'll than, save a lot. The only thing yeah, you, you really get out of it is the GPS function. Big deal. But don't you have that on your phone, on your iPhone? Um, well, yeah, but uh, there might be stuff, uh, games and stuff that take advantage of location on the PSP, on the Vita. Yeah, but would you really pay, like, what's akin to, like, a WoW subscription more than that? Just for, that, for, the, for oh, the ability? Oh, you don't, to need a, you don't need a plan. You don't need a plan for the, okay. for the GPS to work. But it, it, the question is, uh, is anyone going to use it if it's only on the 3G version no one bought? <laughs> yeah, okay, so here's another story for you. Uh, Sony's not the only one who gets hacked. Steam forums are down, or were down. <gasps> um, I don't know. I think they're back up now, right? I don't know. Yes, they are. They are back up now. They got hacked. And they got a database with a bunch of encrypted, well, hashed and salted passwords, which is similar to encryption, but not cr- not quite. Um, so it doesn't mean they actually have your password, but it means there's a small chance they could break the hash and figure out your password somehow. Um, you can also, let's see, uh, make sure you're using Steam Guard that protects your Steam account. Um, I have that on my Steam account. It makes it annoying to log into a new computer, but it means that someone has to have access to your email address in order to log into a new computer. So that'll protect your Steam account some, or you know, just change your Steam password if you were using the same password for your Steam account as you were for the forums, which are technically separate accounts. So if you had separate passwords, don't worry about your Steam account. If you had shared passwords, worry about your Steam account a little bit. And something to be aware of, and you may want to change your Steam password or set up Steam Guard. So let's uh, leave that there. Um, I've already done both. All right. I didn't. I never had a forum account. So uh, let's see. We already talked about the Mass Effect three spoilers, where Microsoft served as cease and desist. 
Dragon Quest um, X. Apparent, oh, oh, uh, yeah. Apparently, according to the um, forums, uh, the entire game script has now been leaked. Ah, nice. That's funny. I, I guess if they had the whole game script posted on the site, that technically would be a copyright violation, so they could actually do a cease and desist. Okay, Dragon Quest X beta details. This is another Japan-only story, but I'm sorry, that's what we got for news this week. Uh, let's see. They've got info on how to join the beta. I, don't, I know most of you can't do this, but you might be interested in what they get to do. Uh, if, if they get into the beta, um, and you need a Wii that, connect to the, that can connect to the internet to join it, um, you'll be sent a beta test kit for free, and it has a beta disc a USB memory stick, accepted, expected to be at least 16 gigs in size, which I assume is where the patches and stuff go, and a manual. And uh, you join, the, you fill out a survey, and they choose you based on the information you submit, and then you can choose, oh, then you can uh, make a character and choose from one of the game's five tribes, which are essentially races in most other RPGs, or MMOs, and uh, play the beta. And that will be out mid-November. No, you can apply in mid-November, and the beta will go live, we don't know when, sometime later. So there you go. And, uh, yes. And that's all we know. Okay, cool. Just making sure. And then finally, big news. Limited edition Ocarina of Time 3DS coming out in Europe. Boo. For 199 euros on November 25th, you European listeners can get an Ocarina of Time themed 3DS, which is basically a black 3DS with some uh, Herulean and Ocarina of Time themed graphics on the top. Uh, that's, that's actually it. Oh, it also comes with a copy of Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. So enjoy importing that since I believe it's region free, right? Or no, it isn't, is it? No, no, oh, the 3DS not is not region free. Oh, that sucks. Yes, it When have does. you ever heard Nintendo to do a region-free thing in the last few uh, years? Uh, the DS? Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, starting the DSi, they started locking that down a little. Yeah. Yeah, screw you, Nintendo. Yeah, that's like $400. You're right. That is like $400. <laughs> so don't import that. Just forget that. Just buy a sticker that has the Herulean crest on it and just put that on top of your 3DS and save yourself a lot of money. Or better yet, save your money and wait for the redesign that's surely going to come with the second analog Yeah, stuff Yeah, in. do that. Or save your money and wait for the Zelda Symphony concert series to come near your town and go to that instead. You'll have fun at that. So, there. That's our news. Let's talk picks and avoids of the week. So, do you want me to talk about Distant World now? Yes. So, uh, what is yeah, Distant was... Worlds? For people Sorry? who don't know, tell people what Distant okay, Worlds well, is. Okay, well, Distant Worlds is the basically the Final Fantasy concert done by a full orchestra that travels around, uh, travels around a lot of different places, and the orchestras week... are actually usually local. Yeah, yeah. So, but um, the, the production crew and the conductor and stuff travel around. Yeah, uh, Arnie Roth, the mm-hmm. conductor, He's and they usually good. and they usually travel with um, Uematsu as well. Yeah. Um, and uh, last week, which is where I was last week, uh, is the first time that they've come to England. Uh, we've we've never got any of the previous. They never toured in this country in any of the previous ones. Um, and uh, I actually was I was called up by it was held at the Royal Albert Hall in London, which is a huge. 
concert hall. Funny that. Um, and they rang me up on the Thursday before I left. Um, and they said, uh, oh, we've, we've, you know, we've shifted our seating around in the, the arena at, at the front. And well, I'm like, oh, crap, you know, they've, they've moved me up into a balcony somewhere. And um, uh, they gave me the new ticket. And you're like, oh, here's your new ticket. And I'm in row three. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, three rows from the front. Great. Uh, and then when I actually get to um, the Albert Hall, I find out that row three is the front. There's no row two or row one. Oh, cool. I was literally sitting nose to the orchestra for Why the entire Why did they upgrade thing. you? Though it wasn't really enough. I was sitting, originally sitting on the left-hand side of row nine, and I think my seat got eliminated when they shifted the seating arrangement uh, around a bit. Okay. So they put me in a spare seat, and there was this one right at the right-hand side of the front. Um, which means when um, Mr. Uematsu walked out on stage, he was literally right in front of me. <sighs> you could right. taste his sweat in the air. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, they also had because I remember talking to um, Michael about it, and when he went to Distant Worlds, they didn't have um, they didn't have Susan Calloway, which is their current vocalist, with them. Yeah. So they couldn't do a number of the vocal songs that they wanted to sing. Um. Uh, unfortunately, that did mean we did get "Kiss Me Goodbye" from Final Fantasy XII. But did you have Susan Calloway or no? Yeah, we did. Okay. So did we in Chicago. So mm. Mac is the only one who lost out on that. Uh, well, I say in your in your um, one, what was the um, what was the opening <clears throat> number? Uh, we did. We had the double feature, remember? So um, the double feature. Two, yeah, we had two concerts, so they could do all the songs that they do. Damn. Yeah, it was a it was a long day. <laughs> um, I don't remember what the opening was though. I'm sorry. I I need to find my. Um, uh, do you remember what the encore was? The encore was always one winged angel. Yeah, I oh, know we had that one. Yeah, that was that was pretty cool. No, yeah, it wasn't. It, it wasn't the encore in the afternoon one because they had the choir. It was something else, but it was the encore for the evening one. Oh, okay. Mm. Well, they had we had the um, uh, the Royal Philharmonic Concert Orchestra, and the choir was done by the London Voices. Nice. And like, and presumably, like your performance for the encore, that would be the London Voices plus Uematsu doing One Winged Angel. Yeah, that was the difference, Anna. It was One Winged Angel both time, but one had the choir and right. one had us being the and- choir. Right, yeah, we had and Matsu jumped in with the choir as well. Yeah. Yep. Right, that was so cool. So we got to see Matsu sing. That was cool. That was very cool. Yeah. And uh, they said that um, uh, they said that um, at the end that they were coming back to um, coming back to England next, uh, 17th of November next year. Awesome. So if there's anyone, if there's anyone from England what, listening to the cast and wants to go to one of this, they should be putting the tickets up sometime in December. And the concert will be held on, I think, Friday, November the 17th next year to celebrate the 25th anniversary Did you of do Final the... Fantasy. Oh, nice. Did you do the VIP thing where you get to meet Nuumatsu? No, no I, unfortunately, they didn't have the tickets up when I bought... I bought my ticket almost as soon as it came up. And at oh, the time, they didn't have I, those up yet. Okay. They didn't have it up, and then when it did go up, I didn't have the money. Yeah, it's really expensive for what it is. Yeah, you get to shake I mean, his you hand met... and have him sign a poster, but... 
No, we, we we did not do that at the Chicago one. I I did that at a previous press provided one with Square Enix. I was I, well to be really honest, where I was sitting in the sitting in the Albert Hall didn't really matter as I was basically right at the front anyway. Yes, yeah. You know, it there was, um, it was literally I didn't I didn't need to to kind of meet I, I you know it's like I didn't really need to go up and shake him and have him sign something and cost a hundred extra pounds. Mm-hmm. So I was literally sitting sort of. He was right in front of me as he walked out on stage. That was enough. <laughs> How long is the cool. meeting? He was actually last? sitting right underneath our box, and he had two bodyguards with him. Yeah, <laughs> they look uh, like prob- they look like Turks. Actually, it was kind yeah. of weird. <laughs> that was the best part. Uromatsu was around with his own privatized squad of Turks to keep yep. him safe. Great yep, fans. Uh, pretty much. We even had a couple of. There were even a couple of cosplayers. Oh, one actually. Yeah, the, all the cosplayers oh, plenty, that we yeah. saw had had the VIP tickets, I'm quite certain. Because mm. they were all sitting for our own center. <laughs> um, it was actually a really good Oron. Yeah. That one stood up for me. And a good um, Yuna. Yeah, we had a couple of good ones. I, um, I think one of the best parts was, um, does does the did the Chicago venue have a pipe organ? Yes, built yes. into the hall. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, got, so you, you heard Dancing you, Mad on it, right? Dancing Mad. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yes. The, um, largest pipe organ in the country and one of the largest in the world. Yeah, oh, wow. Cool. Music. Well, because the Albert Hall also, the pipe organ at the Albert, in the Royal Albert Hall is also sort of built into the back of the... Back now, of did, the it, did it sound awkwardly played or did they get a better performer for you? Because um, ours had a I, lot of like little miniature pauses because it felt like this was not actually written to be played on a pipe organ. It was written for a synthesizer. Um, no, the guy who the guy the, the organ soloist they got in was pretty good with it, but I uh-huh. think he did like jump a couple of notes, which I think was yeah. just down to misplaying. I mean, the the keyboard for that thing in the Albert Hall is huge. Uh, well, uh, yeah, it's hard to play, and it's a crazy arrangement. It's just all over yeah. the place, right? I, I mean, I personally, I can forgive like mistakes on that just because of the no, complex- I understand. Yeah. yeah and it, it didn't like detract from the performance at all and the singers also that they got in to do um d- to do the opera from <gasps> did they do the final fantasy 6 opera yeah they did excellent and the singers they got in to do that were really good nice i liked um the guy who did the prince in ours like the the bad guy oh yeah yeah he was quite good the other ones i was sort of ambivalent about Especially Draco. I personally think it's quite amusing sort of seeing like sort of um, like fairly respectable English posh posh concert singers who would normally be expected normally be expected to be singing in like kind of like the prom you know the proms or something or serious opera and they're going and singing and they're singing an opera. So awesome! (laughs) Oh dear. Um. Yeah, no, it was really good. Uh, any 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 uh, British listeners who want to go to that, I would really recommend doing so. I spent too much money on it, getting some picking up some of the stuff from it. How much I, did the I, tickets cost you altogether? Uh, the ticket cost me forty quid. Was it? It was between forty and forty-five. But I I booked the ticket almost as soon as it went up. And it, uh, the VIP ticket, I think, is one hundred and forty. Ooh, that's I think expensive. No, yeah. the VIP ticket is 140 on top of your seat. No, no, not included. Isn't it? Is it? No. I thought that's how the package. Uh, here, here they're like 175 or something. Like oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
the uh, obviously any other expense because the the concert doesn't end until it started at um God, it started at half seven and doesn't and goes on until like half ten. So you need to make sure you you know you <laughs> if you're not immediately leaving London, you need to have a place to stay for the night. Um, I also bought the uh, DVD uh, T-shirt, and they were selling the Final Fantasy Thirteen soundtrack there. Oh, that's nice. And the seven one as well, which uh, neither of which I don't think have ever been sold in this country. Outside of like Not even very... on iTunes? No, I don't believe they are on iTunes. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I already have uh, the soundtracks for six through um, six, seven, eight, nine, and twelve. Just most of which I got in Japan while I was there. But other than that, they're really difficult to find in this country. Yeah, well, here too, obviously. Um, the yeah, you said there's a DVD. I didn't know they had yeah, a the DVD. Yeah, the DVD out. is a recording of the performance from. Uh, it was their return home performance from last year in Tokyo, and it also has the two disc soundtrack nice. as well. That's awesome. For twenty quid, which is pretty good. Yeah, considering the, the soundtrack, like the soundtrack CD one was ten, and soundtrack CD two was also ten. It's like, well, just buy both and get a DVD. Uh, Excellent. Yeah, I, I say I would. I can't recommend it enough. It was a really good experience, uh, and the appreciation shown for um, particularly uh, Mr. Matsu, but everyone involved is is tremendous. I'll probably there's end up going to that one next year. There's a lot of applauding. <laughs> yes, there is. That's. That's great. I do recommend that concert series. I've been to Distant Worlds a number of times, as well as the predecessors, Prey, and More Friends and Dear Friends, as well as Video Games Live. And uh, yeah, nothing better than the Distant Worlds if you want good just, Final Fantasy. I, I music. mean, I just liked it when I think in the uh, just just in the opening, um, you know, Mr. Romancer just walks out on stage. The entire crowd just goes nuts. Yep. Brilliant. Yep. Did he play uh, Dark World for you? Dark World. Uh, did he play? Did he play anything for you, Uematsu? Uh, no, not by himself. Okay, yeah, he played. No. Uh, he played the uh, the dark. Uh, I call it dark world. I think that's what it's called. The the music from the second world of Final Fantasy. VI. World of Ruin. World of Ruin. Oh, he played the World, world of Ruin. He played theme. that theme for us on a on an electric nice. organ. It was pretty cool. Yes. Including, he even had a little little slider, uh, a little uh, knob that, as he turned up, it made wind noise. Because that song has wind noise in the background. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I've, got the, um, I've got the full program here. If you want to hear it, no, it's okay. We, we got to move on. From, <laughs> we're, we're with three hours, yeah. it's probably almost exactly what we saw almost, between yeah. the two concerts. Yeah, pretty yeah. much, yeah. That's pretty good. Okay, uh, we should we should oh, move on. Do you want some picks as well? Yes, please. Um, well, my pick. Uh, what have been the only two games I've really been playing this week are the PC version of Sonic Generations and World of Warcraft. All right, tell me, Sonic Generations, good or bad? Brilliant. Brilliant. All right, and this is from someone who liked colors, right? So yes. So you're you're into the new Sonic games? Yeah, but Sonic Generations took. That would, this, here's how it goes. Sonic 2006 was terrible. Yep. It was exactly the wrong thing to celebrate the 15th, you know, the 15th anniversary of the series. It was awful in almost every in every way, shape, and form of the word. You know, god awful. Sonic. Unleashed, the next 3D one, was basically, uh, was as I've always said, it's 50% great, all the Sonic levels, and 50% utterly awful. 
the Werehog levels because they're too slow. Uh, Sonic Colors improved on it, but it still had a few... It still seemed ever so slightly gimmicky, and it still had a couple of, like, um, control issues. Sonic Generations basically improves the colors formula. Awesome. And, and includes um, 2D levels, too. And the 2D classic Sonic stuff, uh, they've managed to get the physics right after getting it wrong in Sonic 4. Man, because it didn't feel right in the demo, even. Like, no. The physics felt okay, but the demos, like at E3, had really bad frame rates, even during the 2D levels. It was scary. Yeah, I mean, the, the, and the piece, I was, I, I think I remember expressing some reservations about the PC port two weeks ago. Yeah. Um, yeah it's like, wow, they're selling this for 20 quid. You know, it's like, yeah, that can't be good, right? <laughs> yeah, and, but no, the, the, the PC port's fantastic. I I really can't state how well the PC port handles. The only uh, the only real bugbear is um, it functions better with a controller, and if you don't have one, um, you kind of have to map your keyboard to a to the like 360. You can you can still remap the keyboard, but the game assumes you're using a controller, specifically a 360 one. Mm-hmm. So it's obvious that they ported it from the 360, but the port quality is really good. Um, and if you've got a, well, if you've got a powerful PC like mine, it runs like a dream. Yeah, sixty frames a second, no, hardly any slowdown at all. Brilliant. But yeah, it, it's. I think it's the right. It's the right kind of game that they needed for a twentieth anniversary. So yeah. And World of Warcraft. Um, you heard me earlier. I think questing in Outland has given me a headache. I, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's still a pick, but ugh. Yes. All right. I'm reading through these Toys R Us uh, Black Friday deals that somebody linked in the chat, and I'm not very impressed right now. Excuse me. They've got like a, their best deal is a buy one game, get a select game for five dollars, and um, I, in each of the lists, I can only find one game that I want, so that doesn't work very well. <laughs> but oh well. Wow, that's crazy. Some of these. They're old games. This is going to be my first U.S. in... This is going to be my first time I'm in the U.S. for Black Friday. Trying to decide if I want to go shopping or not. You just just camp on Amazon and use my Prime account. I'm telling you. (laughs) (laughs) Cyber Monday. No, forget for Cyber Monday. Amazon on Black Friday itself. It's awesome. So it's like a more like a Black Friday week. Yeah, yeah, on Amazon it's all week long. You're right. It's a seven-day event. Yeah, it's awesome. Wow, really? Spend so much money on Amazon. Crazy. And get all the free shipping. Okay. Yeah, you you ship like how how heavy was that computer? Yeah, the computer and case was shipped crap. overnight for three ninety nine, and it was like <laughs> fifty dollars. Like that's crazy. I love Prime so much. Oh yeah, Prime is fantastic. You get uh you get the free video streaming. You yep. get books. You get there's the Kindle lending library, which is basically like a free Kindle library. But only if you own a real Kindle. And I own I do not own a real Kindle, but I have Prime. Anna does why not don't have you want a real Kindle. Anna does not have Prime, but she has a real Kindle. Because I have an Wait, iPad. I'm fine with my iPad. I don't do much. No, reading. no, no. But it's, you need a dedicated reading device. Apparently, I do. Uh, I don't think I do. Um, but we'll see. Uh, oh, what was I going to say? Uh, any avoids from you, John? Uh, no, not really. Okay, Manny, uh, picks or avoids? Uh, I played Zombie Island, Doctor Ned. Yeah. Ended more abruptly than I was than I thought it would. Mm, that's on board. Sort of like, oh, no, it's okay. That's done. And I was collecting zombie brains the entire game, and I didn't have anyone to give them to. Apparently, I didn't pick up the the brains quest. 
Oh, so I spent like all this time picking up hundreds of zombie brains for no reason. Ah, that's lame. Ugh. If you're gonna collect zombie brains, you need a something to do with them. At least eat them. But uh, Doc, what's it called? General Knox. So far, I was was one hundred percent right. That's the best piece of content in that, and that's the best piece of DLC so far. Mad Moxie is garbage. It's not even worth playing. Uh, yeah, and I'm I'm probably gonna. I don't know if I'm gonna skip. Robot Revolution. I hear it's not as good as uh, General Knox. Oh, okay. and I started Batman Arkham Asylum. Ah, the first one. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Man, I was. I heard that was a good Batman game, but I was not expecting that. It's like Super Batroid. It's awesome. Super Batroid. Yeah, I, I can't wait till I get into that. I'm gonna have so much fun. I just want Wait, the PC version of the Asylum. Asylum. I yeah, unfortunately, Asylum. Arkham City PC has been delayed until November 25th now. That's okay. I haven't I haven't finished Asylum, so I got Go my free copy it. of City coming, and I'll have fun playing it. Well, it doesn't make any difference to me because I don't have any money after buying Skyrim anyway. <laughs> Oh, wait, wait, Black Friday, though. I bet you will be able to get uh, everything you want on Steam for, like, $2. No kidding. Looking for Steam. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Steam does Black Friday deals. Yes. Oh, and uh, Arkham Asylum just came out on the Mac. It's from Feral Interactive. It's on the Mac App Store, and apparently it's a really, really good port, and it runs just about on any Mac. Cool. So, yeah, if you have a Mac... Wait, it came the out Mac on the Store. Mac before it came out on the PC? No, this is the first game, Anna. Oh, the first okay. game's out on the Mac. Yeah. I'm just saying, I know Mac yeah, This is how behind the Mac is. They get the first game when the sequel comes out. <laughs> Two years right. later. That's okay. I'm playing the first game now. <laughs> yeah. Is it the game of the year edition, at least? Oh, yeah. It has all good. the DLC. Here. Good, good. Feral actually does re- they do really solid ports. It's not just a wine port. They actually go in there and change the code up. Well, that is good to hear. That's, that's how you have to do it. Because, yeah. All right. Uh, let's see. I picked up Sonic Colors and Generations, but I haven't played them yet because I wanted to try those out, so I don't have any info on that. And I also picked up another game. Roy, maybe you picked it up too? Yep. You think uh, We've probably, probably been both playing it all day yesterday and probably Elder some this morning. Elder Scrolls V Skyrim? Yep. Yep. Loving it. I have not had that much time to play it yet. I've made a character and gotten mostly through like what I'm calling the tutorial levels. Oh. Can I ask before we get started, though? Um, yeah. Just to give everyone a heads up, how spoilery are you guys going to get? Because I know some people might want to avoid stories. I can't get spoilery. I haven't played but like an hour and a half. So Okay. I, I played know. about five hours. I just wanted to but give other people who are listening a heads up because they might just barely be getting the game this weekend. All right, then. Well, there's not really many spoilers. I don't really have that many story spoilers. Yeah, here's what I can spoil. The game has dragons in it. <laughs> I'm so angry at you, Chris. Oh shit, not dragons. Does it have every dragon? All the dragons. All the dragons. All the dragons. I see. Very important. Even Chinese. Important. Uh, all of them. <laughs> no, the only major story thing I've come across so far is something you come across in the first five minutes of the game. Yeah. So. And that and the, and that is. I hear you can be that, a vampire. There's no. Re- there's not even a reason to spoil it, right? So. Yeah. So. You go through the thing, and you can pick whether you want to join the rebels or the imperials. Yes, Chris picked the imperials. I just ran through with somebody. I didn't even view it as a choice. Yeah, that was the imperials. Yeah, whatever. Well, you know, I don't. I don't know anything about the conflict, so I feel like I'm not prepared to make such a choice yet. Oh, that is true. 
they, they could have set that up a little bit better. Well, I think that they'll let you change later. You think Probably. so? I bet you they will. Hmm. Are you going to become a vampire, Chris? I don't know. I, I hear there's um I hear there's werewolves in this game. Rude? Yeah, we'll see. So does that make you a wear cat? I, you I have no idea. <laughs> That's a good question. You know. Yeah, when I first went through it, though, when during the initial dragon attack, I didn't even realize the choice was there. I just was dodging the funny. Yep, yep, yep. Um... And I was just dodging the fire from the dragon. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Let's see. Uh, not really much to say on it then, right? What, what can yeah. you tell us? Like, how's it compared to Oblivion for you? It's an Elder Scrolls game. It's everything you'd expect. Okay, well, it, the faces aren't quite as ugly as the last game. That's true. Um, the They also... Um, they did improve the, the conversation interface to where um, and the conversation's no longer, for some reason, panoramic zoom on someone's faces, and time doesn't stop when you're having a conversation. Uh-huh. So it doesn't do that anymore. And, There's um, um, some interesting clipping issues with NPCs interacting with each other. Um, one of my friends, Ninji, was showing me a couple screenshots where it basically looked like one NPC was grabbing another in a very inappropriate manner. Um, if you go to, um, during this initial unpatched phase, if you go to YouTube, you can find some very hilarious bugs. Like uh, there was one reviewer, I forget, for I think it was on IGN. We see the IGN or game trailers where they encountered a bug while during their review session that they had just entered an area of mammoths were randomly teleporting out of the sky and dropping 50 feet. Nice. <laughs> so you can find hilarious bug videos out there right now. Uh, yeah, but like the uh, like the giant hitting a goat that catapults it into the stratosphere. Yeah, you can find that on the forum thread for the, our review. Yeah, it's a GIF file. That one was funny, um, but all in all, it's an Elder Scrolls game. <laughs> if you played Oblivion at all, you'll be able to jump right into it. Oh, the third-person combat is much improved. Well, I remember, I remember them saying uh, when I went to the presentation at Gamescom a while back for Oblivion, um, for Skyrim, sorry. Um, they said they specifically heard that people, some people prefer playing the game in, in third-person. And that the complaint in Oblivion was that the animations were crap. So they said, actually, we're going to improve the animations to fix that. Yeah, it, the game actually does work in third person now. It actually looks somewhat neat. I played as a mage character to start off with, so I was electrocuting things throughout the first level. Cool. <clears throat> That's about it. Neato. I'm sure we'll have more impressions for you next week. Yes. Um. Right, I have to go ahead and sign off. I have to leave. You have to leave? Oh, alright. Thanks for being on there. Alright, I will talk to you guys all later. Yeah, and uh, I have to echo that. There will be a lot more next week. The... The... Um, it's Elder Scrolls. It's a fun game so far. They had the unfortunateness of releasing this game on a, yesterday. Yes, and uh, <laughs> having enough time to really play with it. Hopefully, some more today and the whole weekend. And uh, yeah, 
Anywho, bye bye, Ryan. See ya. Yes. So uh, unfortunately, the best I've got for you is my unboxing video of Skyrim on YouTube. That's 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 really the only thing I can contribute to an in-depth Skyrim discussion right now. Other than that, I'm excited to play it more, and it looks pretty, and I'm playing it from my PC on my TV with an Xbox controller, and it just feels really weird to be doing that, but it's kind of cool. And uh, that's where I'm at with Skyrim. Um, let's see. What else is going on, guys? There's got to be more stuff. Hmm. Anna, what did you play? Do you have Pixar Voids? <laughs> um, I'm almost done the StarCraft II missions single-player campaign, finally. Yeah, I and... noticed you playing that yesterday, actually. Yeah, because I realized that if I log into my StarCraft II account from Chris's computer, my campaign progress moves over with me. So that made me happy. And I played a couple of hours of Shining the Holy Ark, and I went to turn it back on, and my save file disappeared. So, we need to look into that. I was gonna wait until you, like, razzed me for not playing it, because I've been putting it back in the case after I played it. For which game? Shining the, uh, Shining the Holy Ark. Oh, the battery um, died then. Yeah. yeah. So, need to Buy a new button see cell. if it... Yep. We'll see if it does it again, and if it does, then we can replace it. It's like a watch battery, whatever. Yeah, they suck. They yeah. I mean, if it died, it died. If it was just something wonky, then it was just something wonky. Like, right. there's been a couple times where I've played, um, <sighs> what's the Saturn game that you think sucks, and Dragon we have to Force. break your knees for it? Thank you. So, it's there's been a couple times where I've saved my Dragon Force game and turned it off and turned it back on and it wasn't there. And then the next time I saved and turned it off and turned it back on, it was there. So, it's the lovely, um, epic Saturn legacy. But, um, what else did I play this week? Oh, yeah, I'm playing Final Fantasy XI. I got my thief up to 22. And I'm waiting for my hat. Because Square's stupid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 and I don't know what's up with that hat. Stupid hat. What hat? Uh, so this, uh, I bought a, a copy of uh, Final Fantasy oh, the... Collector's Ultimate Edition, so she could get the. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Thank the... you for coming. Uh, we are not able to assist you at the Square Enix. That's oh my god. That's not a. Uh, oh. Yeah. The Did you send an email is, to the wrong? Yeah, I sent a reply because the the store needs to give me a code, and they didn't give me a code, and oh my gosh. Do you need to yell at people? This is not a technical issue. The stores are who are responsible for giving out the code. Chris. For the destroyer. Chris, you're still broadcasting. I know. I'm writing this thing. Hooray. He's writing an angry letter live. Hey. This is the quality of RPG Cast episode 200. Yep. Um, but yeah, Even beyond classic, that, beyond that, I was cross-stitching a bunch this week. So for those of you who are crafty, um, there's a Korean website that sells what's called a do-it-yourself iPhone case. And you can get an iPhone 4 case that actually has like, um, a plastic canvas cross-stitch grid built into it. So I put together some Pokemon sprites and I'm stitching one for Chris's phone. Mm-hmm. It's very cool. Need to put up some pictures of that. Oh, I think I might have an idea for a new commission for you, Anna. 
<laughs> I was just Since thinking I... about that. <laughs> Actually, no, it's not a it's not a Pokemon related one, but no. okay. <laughs> but uh, no, I've got one that I maybe we should discuss with you at some point. I'm booked through Christmas. And that's fine. Everybody's been asking me. It's like, no, I have too many. Go away for six months. <laughs> well, I no, I can just attest to the quality of your work. Thank you. But um, yeah, what else have I been playing this week? I guess that's pretty much everything. Yeah, Final Fantasy XI and StarCraft Two, Final Fantasy V, and Shining the Holy Ark, and... I feel like there's something else I was playing on my 3DS, but I don't think I played it this week. Yeah, those are all recommends. <laughs> I'm waiting for my copy of Tales of Two Towns 3DS. And to my very cool alpaca. So we've also realized that Natsume that we have a whole bunch of the limited edition E3 alpaca left over. So I think we're going to do a really big contest. Like giving away the E3 alpacas and um, we have really nice rucksacks that have the Harvest Moon logo on them. We have a bunch of those left over too. Cool. Yeah, I'm excited. It's going to be cool. All right. Uh, is that everybody? I think so. Oh, wait. Uh, Manny? Manny? Man, what did Manny play? Manny played something. Right. Oh, he played uh, Borderlands. Batroid. Bat- and Batroid. Yes. Right, Batroid. Batroid. Cool. I think that's awesome. We got to 200, and we played lots of games. Yep. And... It was a long episode, man. Yeah, it was. Yep. 200,000 minutes. Wow, Manny. That is the most disturbing picture I have ever seen. You finally clicked on the link. Wow. <laughs> I'm officially scared. Welcome to America. I want to go home. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. If you guys don't know what it is, it's, it's a, um, a woman on a power cart, like a little power cart. What are those called? You know, like a little power scooter that some larger people might need to use in a McDonald's drive through And she is like morbidly scarily obese like I would say pushing 500 pounds easy yeah creepy wow yep alright well thank you everybody for listening for 200 episodes we're gonna have 200 more next week we've got Skyward Sword Hype and more Oblivion imp- or excuse me Skyrim Impressions I keep calling it Oblivion for some reason and I don't know what else. Maybe some Sonic impressions or something too. Um, and I think uh, I think I want to go play Skyrim. So I'm gonna say goodbye. And bye, Chris. Bye. Well, I don't know what the rest of you guys are gonna do. I know Roy's gonna play Skyrim when he gets back. You're not playing Skyrim, John. No Skyrim interest no, for you. I'm no? not interested in Skyrim. Not interested. You interested in Skyward Sword? A mm, little bit more, but still not that much. I, I'm gonna wait and see what my housemate says about. What's, um, what's your Skyward fall Sword? game then? What's your fall game? What's taking up all your time this fall? Uh, probably end up being like I don't know, World of Warcraft or something. World I am Warcraft. writing my right. final year. Dis- I am writing my final year dissertation on it. Don't forget. Oh, that's right, dissertation, dissertation. Yep. <laughs> we should do some dungeons at some point, Quinn. Yes. What in well in World of Warcraft? Yeah. Yeah, sure. All right. You can do real ID Crossroad. So whether it's M- Batroid, Dungeons and WoW. Or the Elder Scrolls. Everyone have fun with your fall, and we'll see you next week for episode 201. 
Till then, everybody, goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye now. Bye-bye.